Oh, wow. You got the Stevenson account. Great. Yeah. Brit's on board. Brit's on board. Brit's a Stevenson account. Oh, yeah. Did you get him for the softball team, though? Because he's good. We got to get him. Okay. He's got a cannon, dude. Got a cannon. He's got a cannon. We're going to put him in center field and throw anyone out. Throw, any, throw a guy out first base from center field. <laughs> With that torso, we got to put him on second base for sure. Get that stretch. The dude can stretch. Mr. Stretch. <laughs> he gets that ball like he stretches all the way to the goddamn mound from first base. <laughs> he doesn't throw to the first baseman. He just hands it to him. He stretches and hands it go. off. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> It is episode 550. Can you believe it? Ear and no. loathing. Yeah, see? No one I can believe to, it. but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Ear and Loathing. We're the Gitmo Bros. We're the number one rockers forever. And uh, we're happy to be here for a half a century with you people. That's what it feels like anyway. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. We've done this 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to introduce the uh, the lads, the other Gitmo bros, the more important Gitmo bros. First of all, he's the foxiest media darling. For 50 episodes, we've come to the conclusion that he is, oh, so Foxy, why don't you say hello? Hey, I'm George White, and this show's 50 now, so I'm putting down the wild turkey, and I'm p- picking up the Evian, because you got to stay healthy. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that I know is a lie, but we'll carry on. Three fingers of Evian and two fingers of uh, Seagram's. <laughs> it's a good mix. <laughs> and for 50 episodes, our dial-up modem has contacted the North Star. 28-8. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. He is Avion Waters' North Star. Why don't you say hello? <laughs> Baringa! This just in! Area man and local hero has relocated! He's now known as that weirdo who bought the Markinson place! <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Hi, bros. That was, the, that was the headline when you moved into your new town, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> it's an old Markinson place. <laughs> <laughs> when you first uh, took up residence at the North Star. That's right there. You know, the place where the turkeys attack. You know, the turkey attack. (laughs) Turkey HQ. So listen, guys, it it is episode 50. Typical of us, we didn't plan anything for episode 50, which is a kind of a milestone episode, I would say. So would you indulge me? Now, I'm not treading upon our well-crafted kibitz that's coming up. I know I'm looking forward to that. But can I just throw in a quick little celebration of 50? For sure. Please do. Now, Please do. this is actually, I'm going to spread this to celebrate our 50th. This is going to take too fucking long if I do it all at once. I'm going to spread this over, let's say, five episodes. Or you may hate it, and I'll spread it over one episode and call it a day. But uh, this is, uh, you've heard of strolling down memory lane, haven't you? Yes. Well, we're going to scurry down Gitmo Memory Lame. 
because <laughs> we suck yeah <laughs> i get it and and uh this is uh this is the music i'm gonna you know give you a little peek behind the curtain here folks uh, this is the music that's gonna be playing underneath i'm not gonna play it right now because it's gonna screw up my editing but i'll give you guys a little taste of it just okay. for fun sure <laughs> is that peruvian whistles that's us scurrying down memory lane. That's a, where's, where's your organ grinder monkey? <laughs> I feel like we're, we're uh, animated. We're, the three of us are animated holding hands in like animated in that early Disney style that looks like uh, the seven dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, right. Have crazy ears. Our heads look like bowling balls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all kinds of little sexual innuendos in there. That's right. That the degenerate animators put in. It says cunt on my jacket. <laughs> I don't know how they missed that. If you, if you look closely, it's not a, it's not a bird. It's a dildo with wings. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this so if I, if we spread this over five, I've got fifty little funny concepts that I took directly from the you know, little description on the on the uh, episodes on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. I like those, and so I extract little little funny bits from that are real things from the episode every time. In case nobody, probably no one reads them except us. So I took, I, I've got fifty of them. And I'm gonna just quickly run through ten, and you guys can tell me if you remember what they're from. Do it, okay? Love it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. So, pop stars on the skids. What is what's the context of that? Oh, I remember that. If you, okay, I, I, here's the rule: if you know it, hold it, and then if the other guy can't get it, then go ahead and, and reveal. <laughs> I, I don't remember the popstars uh, kids. I remember, I remember it coming up. I don't remember what it was. Well, that's yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. Uh, well, I don't yeah. either. It was the Amazon review of that Christmas special about all the rock stars performing in the uh, in the snow globe with uh, Mary <laughs> McGregor and oh, Mike right. Love. Yes, popstars right. on the skids. Yeah, right. popstars <laughs> on the skids. <laughs> oh, everything's on the skids. That's right. I, I had maintained that I was going to use that a lot. Yeah, dudes on the skids. <laughs> Our relationship's on the skids, man. <laughs> Me and Ashley broke up. Got to fan 40 dudes. I feel like the segment's on the skids. <laughs> I know, it is, and it's great. Okay. Never been better. <laughs> All right, making the tough gingerbread decisions. <laughs> oh, okay. well, that's, that's the context. Saul that. Gingerbread Man. <laughs> that's got to be Saul, right? It is not. Oh. Ooh. I, I'm out of it then. A Christmas, so a Christmas episode. It is. Okay. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, the shitty, the, the things you said that irritate you. The, the things that say, you, you say all the Christmas things that irritate you were the... It was the bad Christmas puns. Bad episode. Christmas puns. Uh, That's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was when I forgot, I should probably should have looked this up. I didn't have a ton of time to do it. Apologies. But it was the, your, your aunt sends you to the store to get some gingerbread and you have to decide between two. That was the pun. Oh, let's get let's get this gingerbread. That was get the this, bad get this pun. Gingerbread. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And then and you're in the store and you hold up the and one. You're saying, honey, this let's get this. Yeah, right. Okay, so that was making the tough gingerbread decisions. <laughs> and that was in Reader's it's like Digest, a sign that right? Says, yeah, no your... left turn. And you go, no. It says no left turn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Moving along. Cork lamps. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. That's um, I I know that you go you go, Aaron. I think I know too. That was Mac Mac Davis. I think it was the first Mac Davis. Right. What was the context? Watching Scotty grow. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. 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 We were referencing him because it was he wrote. Right. Yeah. But right. why? But do you, do you guys remember the context of the cork lamp? That was in the uh, yeah. There's a beer over there. You drink it, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of busy right now. Water. It's next to the cork lamp. Yeah. <laughs> it's right next to the cork lamp. Right. 
<laughs> Scotty, I'm kind of busy right now. Just drink that beer. It's next to the cork lamp. It was something like that. Yeah, so far, that's my favorite uh, arcane reference from any three of us in 50 episodes. That's, the, that's my favorite reference. George White made it. All right. What was the Richard Marks origin story? Oh, shit. Ugh. I'll give you guys a hint. Aaron texted about it today to us. I, I got oh, nothing's oh, coming heart, up. Oh, Heartbeat. Wasn't it yeah, come up? The, didn't the, it come up in Heartbeat? The song Heartbeat. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right. Well, why did it signal, yeah, why did why? It signal yeah, Richard what? Marks? He didn't write it, did he? No. Be- I think I said it because... Oh, you it, said you should go get a Richard Marks song that would be better than this. I said that, yeah, the song is so shitty. This is like where Richard Marks got all his ideas, I think is what I meant. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This, this started him up here. This went, wow, I can do way better than this. Yeah, some people look up musician. to Led Zeppelin or the Beatles, but <laughs> Richard Marks looked up to Heartbeat by Don Johnson. Was... <laughs> Sweet DJ. <laughs> he was a huge vice head. <laughs> okay. House Hunting with David Bowie. Oh, that was like first or second episode. That's episode one. Yeah, it was George George talking about uh, he had, when he dressed up in his finest gear and that dude was a knob job and wasted his time. That's right. Yeah, yeah that fucking guy in Newport Beach. Yeah, yeah exactly. That is a haul, too fucking asshole for sure yeah totally oh for the yeah was, uh, i don't want to talk about it so i'm angry especially so. <laughs> since george had to ride his bike down there <laughs> by the way in cowboy boots <laughs> gling, gling. excuse me gling, excuse you. <laughs> had to go in the bathroom do my hair back up before yeah, i went right. to see him <laughs> gling, gling. okay uh marcus measurement oh i remember oh, that uh... Is that the fuck kit? No, it was the first okay. episode of uh, of uh, the um, premise generator. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was the that oh, was George's right. story. Right. George's right. about the little person who was going to be an action Mark star for measurements. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and his name was Marcus. Marcus measurement. Right. Marcus All right. Measurement. Yes. Very good, boys. Okay, next. Whatever you do, don't be different. I'm oh. different. I'm different. <laughs> yeah. Damon shirt. Damon yep. shirt from youth when he was castigated by a by a hey free to be you and me loving fucking teacher who was full of shit because she talks smack about your shirt. That's right. Well, she right. talks smack about me expressing the sentiment right. from the shirt. Right. How dare you? This is an actual quote, but good luck getting the reference. Although maybe you will. We'll see. Shitting on real human experience. Oh, that's that's me angry at Billy Ballcap and the Ooh, gang. Nice talking about uh, people dying. Yeah, fuck yeah. him. I'll never forget that. <laughs> fuck him. No shits on Christmas on my watch. <laughs> okay, shut up, bitch. He's a friend of mine. Oh, that was a wham lyric reference. from Wham. Uh... It's yeah. I'll give you a hint. It's a George quote. Oh, in what context? And George doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. he say that? Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think the, the quote is wrong, George. It's funnier the way you said it. Isn't it, Aaron, isn't it like, shut up, chick, he's a friend of mine. Yes. Yeah, Watch your mouth because you're out of line. Line, right. Yeah. But shut up, bitch, is funnier. Right. But uh, it was, George was comparing the Mel Brooks Hitler song to yeah, no, the Wham because of the rap. I took issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> he was angry at Mel and I was angry at George. <laughs> For dragging Wham into that fucking mud. <laughs> I, sh- I, I apologize unreservedly. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that Mel Brooks would outlive George Michael? 
Yeah, how about that? Yeah, right. Wow. Like, wow. That is... <laughs> I think about that all the time. Fucking seriously, Kirk Douglas fucking almost lapped Prince, essentially. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's yeah. horrible. Um, so last one, and if you guys like this game, I'll, I'll prepare a few more for next. I just want to kind of, a, a month-long celebration of Gitmo's 50, 50 years in, in entertainment and <laughs> in service to our country. All right, so last one here. Loretta's Moment to Shine. Oh, it's got to be the Indian thing you did. Good guess, the... but you may be wrong about that. I knew that was a trick question. Oh, okay. Loretta's Moment to Shine. So it's not Squaws on the Warpath? Yeah, not... It is <laughs> not. Not, not that episode. A Loretta reference for something else. Hmm. Loretta. <laughs> Sweet Loretta Mo. Ah. Uh... I got nothing. What is it? It was also the uh, um, the Poseidon uh, episode. Oh. And it, Loretta was one of two girls on the stage. Oh, right. Who was going to sing it like, for high, a high school, you know, musical or something? Right. The back half where they were doing the question answer call and response. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And right. so Loretta is the one on the side waiting for the end of the song <laughs> so she can respond to the main singer. Right. Right. Loretta's chance to sign. Right. <laughs> Got to be a morning. <laughs> all right so if you guys want to do that next time i'll, I'll get 10 more together but that's that's, that's celebration of 50 centuries of I love it. the gitmo bros i love, I love it. it and i love and, and damon i love this song too hopefully it's still playing when i say this i love this song oh yeah, yeah i'll loop yeah, it yeah, yeah, right. i may play through the whole episode who knows as you should why not <laughs> love it. all right so now i think we, one thing we have not established, we've established that we're the number one rockers forever. Fuck yeah. We're yeah. the Gitmo bros. We have 50 years of service under our belt. That's yeah. right. So don't sass us, dude. Combined. The one thing we haven't established is Aaron is in the torture chamber today. What? Fat. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, dude, but Fuck. if you don't believe me, if, and if you don't believe George, I have someone who's going to like drive this home right now. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Yeah, well, the, uh, the authority has spoken. I have to go in the torture chamber, but the reward for going in there is that I get to be in the corner and, and talk to the people for a short while. Yeah. Don't right. insult the intelligence of our listeners. They know how this works. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. I know. They're all drunk. <laughs> it's the best way to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Only way to listen. Um, so, yeah, Clem has opened the door. He's he's ushered in Aaron. And Aaron now is going to uh, regale us with his Kibitz Corner. Clem has opened the door. Clem has opened the door. <laughs> door. To Do your heart. heart. <laughs> Clem has opened the door. <laughs> um, so here I am. Here I am. And uh, episode 50, the Nifty 50. I'm loving it. I love it at Levitt's. Uh, let's get this done. <laughs> hey, listen, I want to go back. I want to revisit one of uh, 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 a... a uh, segment that we've done before but only just recently but i enjoyed it so much that i wanted to get my fucking tight little hands on it uh and 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 use it and abuse it so this is we wrote the songs what (laughs) god it's great this theme song is what it's all about I'm going to go get some coffee while this is playing. (laughs) (laughs) And we 
This moves as fast as ordinary people. (laughs) 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 On Golden Pond. (laughs) It's of a time. (laughs) Speaking of of, of maritime disasters, if if the glacier was moving this slow... For the Titanic, they would have totally been able to get. Yeah, say no, way. no, just go left. We're fine. Yeah, <laughs> got got a ton of time. Actually, <laughs> can we turn this thing? Yes. <laughs> we put the words and the melodies together. We are Gitmos, and we wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> we wrote the songs when. My favorite line here. We wrote some songs when we were dumb and full of hum. <laughs> we wrote some songs not too many have heard. We wrote some songs, we wrote some songs. We are getting <laughs> He was walking out of the session and then realized, oh, God, I got to get back. I have the ending. (laughs) Guy, 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 you need to get back to the microphone. Yeah, someone pushed him back into the studio. (laughs) We all get (laughs) more. I love it. It's so Uh, beautiful, Uh, Guy. (laughs) Thank you very much for your professionalism and and your generosity. Guy Langostino and Barry Manilow collecting more Royalty checks. There's <laughs> a Langostino Manilow joint. <laughs> yeah, right. Langolo. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to uh, uh, lay something on you, and I wanted to, and that it's 50, it's a celebration. You know what I mean? It's a celebration. Yeah. And so in that spirit, um, I want to present a song that wrote back in, I believe it was 2003. Oh. Uh, and it was <laughs> written for a man who's been referenced a million times on this show. Bingo. It's a song. This is the sweet dick song. <laughs> it's a song called sweet Dicky bingo. Uh, and that, that, that name for a little context, uh, that name was, uh, he was dating someone and we were at a party and I walked by that person and they said, Oh, Rick's on the phone. That's bingo's actual name. Rick's on the phone. And I loved him already. I'd only met him like twice. And I, and I whipped around and the first thing that came out of my mouth was sweet. Sweet Dickie Bingo! <laughs> For no reason at all. And then I got on the horn with him and fucked around and then left. But somehow it was overheard. And so the rest of us like were sort of just humming that as a thing. And, you know, Bing, and, and it was a gas. Anyways, uh, it was became like maybe a year or two later after that meeting with him. It was his 40th birthday. And uh, in celebration of that, I, I started writing a song in my head. And at the time, I was working at a bar in Hollywood. And this is 2003, so it was before, because I was working at a bar, I couldn't like write things down like that. I'd take the time to write verses and stuff, and I didn't have a phone that I could do that with. So anyways, I I was just doing it all in my head. And it's not- Didn't even have a Bon Jovi napkin with you. The the way we used to do it, baby. That's right. And so (laughs) I figured, I was honestly figuring if it was good enough to remember, I would remember it. And, uh, you know, of course, that's not entirely the way it came out, because there's a lot of lyrics, but- Anyways, that's the way it came. And um, it was easy to corral the boys. And it's a, it's the entire band. So it's the Dalton Grant boys all doing it, um, except I'm singing this song and uh, I wrote the lyrics. But everybody else collaborated on it. And it was all done in the room. 
took Dalton like two nights to mix it and finish the production. But like we were writing it there. Like I had an idea about what the chords were because I had a melody, but I didn't have the chorus until like 30 minutes before the session. And we were figuring it out all on the fly. And there's so much of it that uh, we should probably start now and we can talk about it. But it's a celebration of love for sweet Dickie Bingo. And this is a song kind of just running down all the things that are true about him and what we love about him. So sweet Dickie right. Bingo. Roll it. All right. Let's do it. George, you've heard this one, right? I have one, once. And and by the way, we still call them him that to this day, 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. S to the D to the B. Sweet, sweet Dicky Bingo. Ah, He's a man among men, a child of the waves. That's the sheezy. I'm gonna stop it once in a while to get some lyrics going. Yes. Um. So go ahead. He's with a that. man among men, a child of the waves. That's the sheezy. So he's he's a surfing he's a surfing <laughs> he fool. Yes. He loves it. He's always in the water, uh, and he'll he's you know he travels to surf. He does he loves and lives it. So that's what we're celebrating there at the top. Yeah, right. He's a child of the waves. <laughs> and he'll steal your heart with a smile and a bless for your sneezy. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll steal your heart with a smile and a bless for your sneezy. <laughs> <laughs> He is very polite. He's a very yeah. polite man. He's a sweetheart. He'll hand you a tissue. That's right. A teasy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll pass no judgment, sweet Dickie. He'll tell you no lies. And there's no better brother to share the best days of your life. I love this. What would you call it? Like just kind of Mexican yeah. calypso. Yeah. Calypso. It's like no, no. It's it, it's more like uh, like not mariachi, but like uh, a like Tex-Mex easy or something. Yeah, an easy Tex-Mex kind of vibe. And um, yeah. What was fun about it is that like I was listening to a bit of it, and I had some examples with me that night or that day, and I was trying to figure out like more than more importantly than what is on those tracks, it's what they don't have on it. And so we just kept taking things away until it sounded like one of those songs. And so, and that's Andy Levy. Um, it's not an actual accordion. He's playing it all on keys and he's, he's just, that's off the top of the dome. We did no, I, Andy's a beautiful player like that. I just said, Hey, something like that. And you fucking exactly what I was talking about. And, and he did it. I think that's Dalton playing guitar. Uh, he's a better guitar player than me. So he, he did the tracking of that and it's a, it's a synth bass. So mm. that's truly all that's on there. Uh, and it sounds just like a production like that. And, uh, and we're trying to do those sort of Mexican harmonies. And if you grew up in LA, this is sort of touching a bone with, with you because it's like, oh, right, that sound. that Because it's truly, yeah. I mean, depending on you where you were, it sort of was ubiquitous as a sound. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't need to bring over like sample music. You just open the window in Hollywood. <laughs> Guys, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I grew up with Sweet Dick, and it's touching a bone, if you know what I mean. Oh, God. <laughs> good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> and good morning. <laughs> Have a great night with you. All right. Carrying on. And Sweet Dicky Bingo, you know that I'll always be true. And there's no other man that can do that, who do that, you do. 
I like, I like, I like that you're almost singing like love lyrics. To it. <laughs> totally. Well, that's what I wanted yeah. to say really is that I was reflecting on this today. And after all these years, I've never thought of it. And I'm older and probably more sensitive. So I felt like it was playing grab ass, but I, th- I loved him. We all did, which is like, it's hard to get five people to agree, especially those dudes. Like as much as we loved each other, there's a million ways to find like something else to do than do a project. But they all jumped in because they all felt the same way. The point I'm making now, though, is that when I reflect on it all these years later, it is very a, a very real love song, as as much a love song as any one I've ever written, frankly, because I just loved him so much. So, like, absent romance, but, like, only just barely. Yeah. <laughs> if you can love a man, you That's love right. sweet love, Dickie Bingo. Yeah, he's just a lovely person and a unique, full-on unicorn of a person, I will say. And and there is no one like him. That's true. No, it's just he's just a glorious, uh, mythical being that uh, you know is just human being like everybody else. But it's you know easy to forget that. <laughs> so it's too bad he doesn't listen to this podcast or podcasts in general. But this one specifically because it's basically a praise bingo podcast. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll sure. get him this time. I tell him everything we're doing. I tell him all the jokes. I tell him everything. Then the other day he starts off with this. He's like, we're talking about something else. And he goes, yeah, I was listening to one of uh, Andy Levy's new podcast. And I almost went, really? Really? (laughs) That's what, that's fucking example number 9,200. Yep. It's just like, this is him. This is like, that's what makes him great. Like we're doing a song that that has a lot of music that he cares about. And he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. That's what's great. He, He looked at George and said, um, did you play a Tex-Mex synthesizer accordion on my song, George? I don't think so. <laughs> um, no. Aaron, who's, so it's you and who, who's like, who's doing it's the vocal? It's me and the band. It's the entire band. So it's just me, just me on vocal, yeah. but there's, there, that's actually a good point. There's. Sounds doubled or something or. Yeah. That's me doing the high falsetto and the, oh. and the straight vocal. And then okay. from time to time, there'll be Dalton will pitch in on backing and like, that was Andy up top going S to the D to the B. <laughs> uh, and and so he'll he'll appear from time to time and again we're arranging this in the moment so like as far as i knew it was going to be this spanish chunk and then another chunk and that was it so know that going in but you know andy had a bright idea in the middle of the second chunk that it should be a third chunk or stylistic we didn't add so- uh, uh lyrics and stuff we just added a, another five it's essentially every kind of music i like and no, and no Joey Poncho on this? No, There's no, no, no percussion or anything? There's no percussion. He's in the room with us, though, and he's barking out encouragement and yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, or no, 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 you know. So he's, he's, yeah, right. he's uh, irreplaceable, critical. Joey, when he's not playing drums, he just sits quietly in the back of the control room with his arms crossed and, and slightly nods his head, and you know. Yeah, it's like, it's Billy <laughs> it's from, okay. uh, from, uh, from Purple Rain. For Purple Rain, for sure, yeah. Just okay. nodding. Okay, so the thing I want to point out to everybody listening that I love about this, in fact, I probably subconsciously, if not overtly, stole this idea. What you have here for for one of my songs, maybe I'll do that for my They Wrote the Songs <laughs> segment, but it's a Rhapsody. Now, a Rhapsody, you've heard that in Bohemian Rhapsody. It is a Rhapsody. And and it's related song chunks, but they're all different styles of music. And I know right. I'm not g- doing the exact technical definition, muso freaks. But it, it really is like different uh, suite of music of different styles, but all right. kind of based on the same theme. And so that's what this song is. And I love it. Yeah. And it's, and his name is Sweet Dicky Bingo and is a Sweet Dicky Bingo Suite. So that's right. It yeah. wasn't, it was an intentional cutesy bit of business there. <laughs> <laughs> sweet and sweet. I got it. That's right. That's right. 
Clever, isn't it? <laughs> Sweet dicky blue eyes. There you Clever, go. There ain't you I? <laughs> okay. Sweet dicky, you know that we live only for you. He's a hockey playing man. <laughs> that is, no uh, Dalton was working at Jones at the time in LA, in Hollywood. Uh, still there? Great bar. And uh, the uh, he he called up the bar and had one of... One of the guys in the kitchen bark out something like as if he was talking to his girlfriend, I think. <laughs> I forget what the translation is, but that little fellow shows up like three times in the song. <laughs> so that's what you hear from time to time. Love it. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We like he does. And he'll hat trick you to death with his funk and his groove and his love. That line was "Sweet Dicky Bingo can't lose," uh, and he'll hat trick you to death with his funk and his groove and his love. Hat trick referencing the fact that he loves hockey. Hockey, right? Yeah, which <laughs> you had said in a line before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's hockey, a hockey surfing. Yeah, that was yeah. his life then. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and driving steak sauce. <laughs> That's that, was steak sauce that, that was but, later. That was later. That was later. But he was moving towards that emotionally. He was watching Smokey and the Bear. Yeah, he was really? the only guy who identified with Jerry Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. 2023 version of Sweet Dicky Bingo. We need to update his life. We do. That's true. true. Oh my God. Yeah. And actually, Jerry Reed could be, just physically speaking, Jerry Reed could be like an uncle of Bingo's. There's a vibe. There's (laughs) there's a vibe, a devil may care vibe. (laughs) Except Bingo has drank some water once or twice in his life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed wouldn't touch the stuff. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Do you want to tell everyone what that was, Aaron? Uh, Sweet Diggy Bingo Can't Lose. You know it makes me quite proud. He's too old to cut the mustard, but young enough to spread it around. Yeah. (laughs) He was turning 40, and uh, that was old to us at the time because he's older than us. Right. We should should also tell that Rick Rick is... um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's uh, not considerably older, but he's yeah, he's he's even older than me. <laughs> you would never fucking no, and, know it. And we've made fun of him even before we knew you guys. We've made fun of that for forever in our group, even in our twenties. We, you know, it was a big joke to go like like meet girls and go, "Hey, is our buddy Rick? He's thirty five. <laughs> we were like twenty one. <laughs> And then as we got older, he just looked better and better than us, even up to this day. We're like, he looks, he still looks like he's 35 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could pass. He could pass for yeah. 30. He's, he looks better than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> he's been down to the crossroads, I think. Yes. Or like he's got a Dorian Gray situation going. There's a, there's a portrait of, of actual bingo somewhere that's <laughs> rotting away. <laughs> well, and, and if also, if you've, if you've been around Rick's family, there's some, his sister, his mom, there, there's some good genetics Beautiful, going on yeah. there. There's yeah, some good genetics beautiful. going there. <laughs> just strange because they're light-haired folk, and they they typically will age harshly, and it's just not the case with them. They they have zero blood pressure, and they're uh, beautiful, lovely people. And when when your heart is right, you age you, you age great. That's right. Is <laughs> that the lyric in the song? Isn't that's it? right. And your dick stays sweet. That's what it happens. That's right. <laughs> just like- <laughs> Bingo, b- birther of the fuck kit. 
in real life. Yeah. Yes. IRL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As the kids say. Let's play this song. We got to let this go because it's a long E and right. so okay. let, let's get All through right. it. All right. Okay. Damon, keep playing it. Keep playing it. Oh. Okay. It's just so <laughs> these uh these choruses are are, are are a earworm. I love them so much. This <laughs> guitar Dave Meyerhofer telling us about Pensacola. May your hardships be few. Alright, but I can't keep playing it because I can't hear Alright, oh, the timing will be different. Right. Yeah. So gotcha. <laughs> never mind. Just wrap <laughs> if you it. have a comment, I'll stop it. It's no big deal. Do it! Spend all your birthdays with you. And as that piece of Pompliano's recorded, Dolce Puede Suspicaltes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's horrible, horrible uh, pigeon Spanish. Like, I got I, birthday, I, Cumpleaños. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, on, this day, your, on this day, your birthday, sweet Dickie, may your hardships be few, is what I'm saying. And it's a horrible translation of that. It's Tex-Mex. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Tex-Mex. It's Tex-Mex. <laughs> I, would be, I would be celebrated in Tex and assassinated this, in Mex. This is how they talk in El Paso. Check it out. <laughs> Don't laugh. Right. That's how they talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's Amarillo, not Amarillo. Amarillo. poco. Ricardo Dolce. Ricardo. Bendiciones con usted. Much of there, guys. And sweet dick. <laughs> right. Don't tell everybody what that is. <laughs> it's uh, like much dick. Much dick. <laughs> Biggest dickus. Mucho verga. <laughs> Mucho verga. <laughs> and in two part harmony too. That's right. Those those harmonies are great. They're very fun, and they're of the of the style of that. He's pitching you guys with you know the sombreros, the must, the big mustaches, the whole business, the giant guitars at a nice Mexican restaurant, and people are just eating, and you just cap off with that. Mucho verga, guy, when spits up your fucking case. What? <laughs> well, funnily enough, this was this was a, a broadcast to him for the first time. We were celebrating having a birthday party for him at Lucy's El Adobe across from Oh uh, shit, Paramount uh, from yeah. Paramount. <laughs> and so we went into his car, and so like the entire band was in his car <laughs> with Bingo and playing this. And like, can you imagine? So like, he went into his car knowing, oh, they 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 wrote a song about me or something. So like a funny voicemail that they want to play me. Clearly, it's something involving my birthday. Because here we go. Why would they all be in that car with me? <laughs> and like, use his face was like. Almost a flat zero expression the entire time, <laughs> and of course he fucking was over overwhelmed with love and feeling yeah. the love that we were giving him. But like it was a, a very int- can you imagine what this would be like getting this thrown at you? Yeah, during that period it might have been the white Honda. You might have been in the white Honda, right? Yeah, I think so. And <laughs> and, uh, and we're only halfway there, so I, I know that this is a long number. But like, there's so much love in it that you know, fuck them, right. fuck them, yeah. fuck y'all. <laughs> Missed opportunity could have played this for him in steak sauce. <laughs> oh my god that would have been amazing much later much later yeah i know <laughs> i just like to conflate everything in bingo's life you just like to say steak sauce so you steak sauce of course <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> like here we go bingo you know that i'll always be true and there's no other man that can do that will do that 
Was a boy named Dicky, a boy so sweet he was sticky. Tossed a big sound with a big X song. Twenty shots of Jack and you know it's on. Percolator, percolator, what you got? Dicky Bingo's on top, kid, and you're not. Plenty of bread, just like a tuna fish sandwich. Milton Bradley makes a kid get frantic. Time to get up and it's time to get down. Okay, the, the lyrics are flying by, and That's I can awesome. understand most of them. But really, just tell us about the context of this part. Like, did you yeah. say Andy came up with this? Um, Andy came up with what happens to this part for the third movement of the song of the Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. My intention was to wrap the, the remaining lines of the song. So the second half was going to be this. And so it, instead it became, I think three, two verses like this with a different, now a different faster chorus that we're about to get into. And, uh, and then it turns into, <laughs> then it turns into something else that we'll get to. But I'm, I'm just talking about uh, continuing, continuing the vibe of all these things, celebrating all these things uh, about bingo. Um, He's got plenty of bread, just like a tuna fish sandwich. Milton Bradley makes the kid get frantic, meaning that he doesn't he doesn't like games. <laughs> <laughs> He's here to rock. He doesn't. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite lines is uh, uh, wearing all his money because a wallet's for chumps, meaning that he just does, he wears nice clothes and he <laughs> spends all his money, and so he just really his excuses because he doesn't like wallets. That's something I made up just because it was funny. It's not true. He does dress nice though. He does always. Always. <laughs> so uh, let's spin it. All right. Down, sweet Dicky Bingo's coming to town. Sweet, sweet Dicky Bingo. Ah, ah. Oh, and that's a callback to the intro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the that's the actual chorus. And so, like, what's going on with the guitar stuff that Dave's doing is fucking extraordinarily funky. It's so awesome. I think he played like three or four things, and so the 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 credit goes to him for playing it. But I th- but Dalton grabbed edits from things and put it in so that it's just the dopest of the dope parts that he played. So it's, it's uh kudos to both of them on creating that part there. And uh, Andy's playing a clav bit in there. Yeah. Too, yeah. Right? And then that's a re- that's like, this is no, this is no fucking playing like fucking loops or anything. This is fucking everyone playing real shit. Yeah. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's Andy. Andy's a motherfucker. All right. Sweet Dicky B is a casualty. Yeah, he's too damn sexy and he's following me. He wants to break off a slice, he wants to break off a chop. Wearing all his money because of Wallace the Chops. If you want to get it on Dicky B, he never says no. Rocking the mic from Birmingham to Fresno. Time to get up and it's time to get down. Sweet Dicky Bingo's coming to town. Sweet. It's also funny because I'm, I'm, as, the, as the rapping goes on, you can hear me getting more confident. <laughs> I sounded like Greg Brady on the first verse and I sound like I'm edging towards. Ice tea there. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it feels double D nose to me. That's what it feels like. Well, the, yeah, the I mean, it's, it, you know, that's uh, you know, it's a, it's a white guy rhyming, mm. so. <laughs> but super funky. That's what. Yeah, that's yeah. what I. It, yeah. What was the line about Fresno? <laughs> rocking good. the mic from Birmingham to Fresno. If you want to get it on Dickie B, he never says no. Rocking the mic from Birmingham to Fresno. Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because he liked to travel. Uh, I think uh, beyond that, some I mean, some of the yes. stuff it was said to make just because it was fun to say. But most of it is uh, my my deal with myself that most of it had to be not saving me to make the song better, but it had to be about bingo in some kind of way. I had to be able to make the argument, or else that was I mean that was just part of the exercise because what else are we doing here? It's not celebrating us as much as him. So. Bingo, 
<laughs> so now it's here. So Andy Levy said, hey, I was just going to continue it out. And he said, Hey, it'd be fucking great. If this just started to become just fucking grindy half, you know, half tempo, uh, and fucking just yelling it like fucking Zach De La Roca fucking coming like rage against the machine. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what happens now for the out, which is very funny to me. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Are you gonna say those lyrics? Um, well, he's right on time, and you're a half hour late. If you're looking at his lady, motherfucker, get your own date. <laughs> Banana pancakes and some fresh eyeliner. Curlier hair than my man Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a curly hair, and he likes banana pancakes, and he's known to wear some eyeliner from time to time. And yes. uh, I always like he's right on time. You're half hour late, but just as a way of showing how cool he is. You know what I mean? Like he's already got, he can show up late and still be there an hour before you. That's how together he is. <laughs> and, and by the way, usually in, in real life, he's a half hour late. <laughs> right. That's why it's funny. There is some irony. I think, I think steak sauce knows how to go through this uh, time space continuum. Without a doubt. It's like, uh, uh, like the, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy phone booth. Yeah. Get any travel all over the place, but it's the cab of a Kenworth. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Peterbilt. Peterbilt. All right, what are those? <laughs> Plugs a leaky boat just like the Exxon Valdez. <laughs> Shooting videos better than Albert Salas. Uh, saving your ass just like a knight on a horse. And the dope-ass bitches give it to him on the golf course. <laughs> Who's Albert Salas? Albert Salas was a guy who made video, who made a few videos for uh, the Dalton Grant experience. And he was uh, very generous with his time. Uh, but Bingo also would shoot footage from time to time. And so I just said that whatever he did was better than that. And also because it <laughs> rhymed with Exxon Valdez. <laughs> and uh, I believe he had told me about an event on a golf course. Uh, yes. But I, I, may, I may have just had fun with that too. I'm not sure. Either one could be very true. It was with a girl, not just a hole in the golf course. Huh? Maybe it started with just him in the hole. You don't know. <laughs> Some chick walked by and said, hey, I, I see what you're doing over yeah. there. Hey, check it out. Hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> nice stroke. All right. Yo, it's time to get down. Sweet dicky fingers coming to town. You know what I'm saying, Jim? <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> you imagine his face he's just sitting there going sweet lord it's a nice birthday present <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right we only got a few seconds left Here it's about to end yeah yeah, yeah. we gotta play it Ha, <laughs> ha,
<laughs> oh God, that's go. incredible. Probably one of my favorite moments when I was, you know, in, in doing the Sweet 69 thing with you guys was actually playing that song live with Bingo on stage playing along. Yeah, yeah so I was going to ask. I feel like you did this once at, at Molly's, yeah? We did it once. Yeah, we did it yeah. at Molly's, but not the last show that we did in 2018. This is the one we did uh, well before that. Like, probably 2015 we did it. Um, or no, whenever the fuck, 2012, who knows? At any rate, it was uh, – yeah, we did it there one time. It was awesome. I remember because Josh Pickering is well familiar with the song from listening to it at Ragers and stuff. And he goes, he's like, and you know, I can't do anything in Sweet 69 without Josh agreeing. So I, I, I brought it up to me. He goes, yeah, you know, maybe we just do portions of it. I go, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm putting the foot down, baby. <laughs> you can't cut. You don't cut shit from this. You it don't. is what it is. <laughs> it's a rhapsody. <laughs> right. R-A-P. So we did it. Rhapsody. But, but it was very fun. The band killed it. It was great. We got all the parts together and it was very easy. Like the thing I'll say about this is that like it is no contest of all the all the fucking I don't know if this is awesome or fucking shitty, but like of all the music over all since I was fucking with Damon in the beginning. So 19 fucking 87 or 88 or whenever I joined the Monas and the records we made. After that, the records I did, songs I would do, live shows, da 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 Never once was there a response the way we got from this. <laughs> this done purely from our heart just to have fun for bingo, universally loved anytime anybody heard it. Like, now it's going out to the world, so we may find out there's a different story. <laughs> I bet it's loved in Chile. <laughs> yeah, you know, but now that we've got a world audience, it's time for the world to hear it. Because like, everybody fucking heard it, and they didn't fucking know who the fuck Bingo was. I thought that it would just die on the vine. Like, is this, it's so inside that it's fucking outside again, you know? <laughs> and people just loved it. Because, like, it's not unusual to hear somebody just, you know, flexing about themselves. But this is just me flexing for Bingo, you know, <laughs> us, do, us flexing for Bingo. So, right. and it was, it came from my mind and conceived by me, but like truly, truly the group doing it in the room. And I always imagined that had we ever released it for fun, which, which Andy and I are actually talking about, had we ever done it for fun, we would have credited bingo too, because how could you not? <laughs> inspiration. That's right. Inspiration. <laughs> what did you play on this? I played inspiration, didn't I? <laughs> it's about me. My experience with this. So I did because I didn't, I didn't know you guys. Right. This goes back that far, and there was even a little of like Bingo keeps his usually keeps his friends separated, and you know, and he'll and he he talk about you guys all time, and I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I go to the show, and you know, you hear he's like, yeah, they we, they wrote a song about me, and you hear that, and you're like, oh, this is going to be stupid. And my friends wrote a song about me, <laughs> and then and then you guys start doing that because I did not expect that at all. The Tex Mex vibe. And I'm like, I did freak out. I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> because exactly the same sense of humor, which we share now, I'm like, exactly. oh my God, they, they have the same sense of humor as we do. <laughs> and I always sort of imagine that there's something about like some sort of chemical thing that happens when you honestly and truly, without trying to be an operator, you know, as, as songwriters often are, like what will appeal to people, if you honestly and truly are only coming from the heart, when it's so pure that something happens and the reward the the reward for the purity is that it res that people just automatically chemically respond like it's a fucking bizarre dna thing like i'm convinced of it or you're coming so purely from the heart that you write something that's effective it could be something that's just that easy you know 
But like, it's kind of a mess of a song, but it's glorious, you know? It is. It is. So, like, <laughs> especially if you know, you know him. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, it's I, especially meaningful if you know him and have and had experience him. with him and love him. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm very pleased that it exists. And like I say, it's funny to realize that it's, well, truly, it's a buy. It's just a love song, is what it is. It to is. to your homie, and it's uh, I'm glad that it exists in the world, and I'm exact uh, super glad that Bingo exists in the world, and you know, it's almost better that he doesn't listen to this, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Aaron, could you repeat that heartfelt kind of love letter to Bingo while I play this in the background? You know, there's one thing that I can tell you about Bingo is that he's he's so he's more glorious than any friend that you have, you personally, you there in Chile. You there in the fields of Panama. You in Pittsburgh. You two girls. You Tex-Mex guy. <laughs> hey, Tex-Mex guy. Pull over. You'll want to hear this. Anyways, good luck with your friends. Love, the Gitmo Bros. <laughs> You'll never be friends with them. Why? You're not good enough. I know you're not. <laughs> All right. So, Thanks for letting me do that. Uh, now oh, it's fantastic. now it's fucking now I got to get down and dirty. Yeah, we had fun, kind of like it was emotional. It we were yeah, Rick's great. Now get in the fucking torch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here we go. Torture chamber. Work it. I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know, but I'm gonna torture you anyway. <laughs> Suffering, anguish, pain, torture. All right. Well, as we know, A-Dog is in the torture chamber. That's me. And I think I figured out that I have to go first here. Mm. Um, <laughs> Seems like I've been going first a lot. You crunched yeah, the numbers? Right. I think you're right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went into that drawer where Aaron stores all of his uh, ear and loathing files. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, Rock, the Rockford yeah. Files. Yeah, with a flashlight in his teeth and the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll go either way. No, I'm pretty sure I do go first. So if you need me to to lay out the numbers, I will. But trust me, I'm gonna trust you. All right. So I don't know if you guys know this, but in just a very few days, Saturday, April 22nd. You know what that is, don't you? No. It is. Earth Day 2023. Nice. Celebrate Mother Earth, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And Pick up some shit. Usually I am on board with, you know, kind of fighting climate change and doing our best to heal the planet and all that stuff. <laughs> but today we have to check in with a department. From the Are there upsides to a complete environmental catastrophic event destroying all living things on Earth? <laughs> Never having to hear this song again could be at least a lateral move, department. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a, quite a door. I hope the guy didn't have to do that, like the stencil onto a piece of yeah. glass in the middle of the door. It would yeah. be a bitch. That's a, that's a two week job. It's ten days for two weeks right <laughs> there. It's not going to be done. It's not going to yeah. be done. <laughs> well, in any case, um, let's, let's go back to the year 1992 and try to heal the Earth together, shall we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> sweet, sweet Earth. Sweet Mother Earth. Gaia. It's not mine. Tex-Mex. 
Nice. Nice. Already starts great with that saxophone, right? Boy, sax- already jamming with the saxophone. <laughs> what an asshole. It's like, it's like fucking like Sanborn style, just fucking wailing. Just fucking shut up, bro. All right. Well, this is the first uh, couple lines are playing. I'm going to send you guys some stuff. Is that, a, is that a kid? Kid singing? Is, is, is a gnome singing? What is that? <laughs> is that Billy Barty? What is one of the Hebler elves? What the fuck the is that? The lollipop guild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just sent you guys the lyrics. And, you know, I might as well send this picture, too, while we're going here. So let us make her well again. The kid's not only an annoying kid, but it's flat as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whatever this thing is that's singing, but I can guarantee you this, it has a fucking bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> fucking for real, dude. All right. Oh, I hate a bunch of kids singing, dude. Yeah, I hate it. The context has just been sent to you. <laughs> oh my lord, that's terrible. God God bless him. I love that they just like they do this with spelling bees too. Is there some problem with like regular sized shirts? That's always <laughs> fucking massive. And they're all like night shirts. Those kids spelling bees, and they wear those signs that are as big as a fucking realtor's fucking advertisement on a bus bench around their neck and dopey fucking huge like poncho shirts. I know for sure there's a certain, there is a, you can get a size called a, a child's medium. I know you can get it. I know. <laughs> you know that exists. You, you guys, know, this was 1992. That might not have existed. It's not even back. a medium. It's a child's medium. <laughs> <laughs> some kid walked in with some dark jeans and a regular size shirt. And they're like, hey, what the fuck is the matter with you? It's a fucking acid washed fucking white ass jeans and a big ass shirt that covers the jeans up. <laughs> They, they had scissors in 1992, right? <laughs> right? We yeah. fought the war. I figure, you know. <laughs> war. It's the first Gulf War. Yeah, many of our best young men died for the right to use scissors on long t-shirts. <laughs> Lost a lot of good men on that beach. <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> it's a fucking scissors with those long shirts. <laughs> Anyways, for the listener, that Damon showed us a picture of like a We Are the World style gathering of youths. Yeah. That's what we're referring to, their dopey shirts. And I'm going to give you guys some context here. I'm not going to reveal all just yet, but this is a song called, well, maybe I won't tell. Let's get to the chorus. Yeah, and then, that, you go. know what? The glorious chorus. And then we'll, uh, then I'll, I'll lay it all, <laughs> lay it all out there. Here we go. Oops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll fucking do a fucking R&B fucking move yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Asshole. Right. So let us plant another ten. Now, I have to, I can't go by without telling you guys that <laughs> lyric, even though you guys should be able to see it, but yeah. the one ki- the one little soulful kid just said, "Somewhere in the world a tree is dying," and then his buddy followed up with, "So let us plant another 10." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's a good algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how they what they do on the Avenue of the Righteous in uh, in Israel. <laughs> yeah. They plant with the plant a tree for Israel. You know that's how they get it done. You know they you know, say one to drop ten. Suddenly you got a bunch of trees. Yeah. Also, it's it's what the uh, metric system is based on. So it's just good math. <laughs> Literally good math. <laughs> What, was this song on the uh, album called Songs in the Key of Shit? <laughs> <laughs> the Secret Life of Stupid Kids? I don't what Was this? 
<laughs> it's called Trapped Kids in a Studio. Trapped Kids in a Studio. <laughs> Fuckers don't want to be there, dude. No. Or they did for the first, like, when the, like, the, the, the excitement of like, oh, look, a studio. By the time they got to this, where they actually had to fucking do something. Yeah. And in between, oh. none of the shirts fit. <laughs> yeah. I want to go out and play. No. Hey, we get a shirt. We get a free shirt. Hey, this, this looks stupid. I don't, mine doesn't fit. <laughs> I want to go out and play. I know, but you know. But the earth is dying. So just your line, your line, Bobby, is so let us plan another 10. And we just need to get that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and please try to, you know, keep in mind pitch like we talked like, about. Like Bobby. you care. Like you care, okay? You care. Yeah, have a good time, place. Bob. This is a blast, right? <laughs> Fuck about forget about Knott's Berry Farm. Bobby. Yeah. There's in fact there's there's a making of kind of documentary on on YouTube about this. And it's it's about as horrific as you can imagine for these these Hollywood kids who the the person the director well i don't know what she, what she is she's kind of the director the wrangler of kids or something yeah. and she's and remember keep smiling they, you have to look like you're happy while you're singing this. They actually left that in. Forced enthusiasm. The worst thing that's yeah. on this planet. <laughs> she, just takes her, she just takes her finger off the, off the talkback button, looks at someone and goes, get another case of Coke. <laughs> get him a, we need more Cokes in here. Give him another soda. Get him Real soda. shit. If I see a diet soda in here, I'm fucking firing you. I need the, they need the fucking full test, baby. All right, I think we're, we're uh, climbing into this, this glorious chorus. Here we go. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> Sorry, it's another verse. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Were these kids in a chorus or did they just get them off the street? They sound like they're afraid of microphones. Anyone who wanted a shirt got in the band. <laughs> <laughs> you, kid! Who wants a free t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I bet a lot of these Let It Be Earth Day everyday shirts ended up in Africa. Yeah. Oh, the Totally. Like the, the Super the ones Bowl where winning. The, the wrong yeah. yeah, the wrong team wins the Super Bowl and they send the loser shirts to yeah, right. <laughs> I always love when you see that as some some beautiful picture of his family in Uganda and there's a mother and a father and they're two beautiful kids and the father's wearing a uh, Bob Seeger shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Or like, like Denver Broncos. I like the ones in war, the ones where they're fighting in a war somewhere, <laughs> and he's wearing a Bart Simpson shirt. It's an AK forty seven, he's wearing a Bart Simpson shirt. <laughs> it's an Urkel fan club shirt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Guy can't get enough a winger, you know? Yes, yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you guys what this is, all right? Because it's taken a long-ass time to get to the fucking chorus. Um, it's it's a song called Let It Be Earth Day Every Day. And I wish I had a name like USA for Africa or Band-Aid or something. But what they did was they got, and I'll explain who they are in a minute, but they gathered a bunch of kids. I mean, this is kind of a who's who of popular kid actors from the time. Oh, oh. And so some of them, I don't recognize a lot of them because, you know, in the early 90s, I wasn't watching like the Disney Channel and shit. But, you Were know, you at a club. <laughs> yeah, either was George. I'll tell you what. I was standing outside a club waiting for George to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but th these are some of the kid actors that are actually there. Um, really, none of them of significance are singing. I don't know who the ones are that are singing. They're just sort of annoying precocious kids that are taking those leads and then right. they all do the course i mean it's just basically modeled on on the you know the michael jackson lionel richie we are the world thing but uh these here's the name of of the uh child luminaries that you will recognize even to this day jason biggs anna chlumsky david faustino <laughs> michael fishman sarah gilbert brian austin green seth green 
Melissa Joan Hart, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Joey Lawrence, Brittany Murphy, Giovanni Rubisi, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And that's about, I don't know, not even a quarter of the kids that were there. There was like a hundred <laughs> kids in that, in that chorus. Fucking bag went to fucking school at 32nd Street with me, dude. Brian Austin Green. Oh, right. Oh. USC. Two years younger, Children's two Performing years Arts. That's right. You couldn't have used your, school. You couldn't have used that connection to get here and get a long t-shirt and sing along? <laughs> yeah, Aaron, what happened? I mean, if anyone needs a long t-shirt. <laughs> I know, it's me. The longer, the better. Retorts <laughs> are um, right. You know, I just yeah, thought I, something, too, is like, is that is the, the Earth Day was new. So it's not like they're even, it's not even like you see kids and you go, hey, we're going to do a Christmas record. Like right. you're excited, oh, Christmas or something else that you would like, hey, it's Earth Day. Uh, what? what? What's Earth What's Day? That? Well, it's. <laughs> I knew it was a Faustino joint, dude. I could feel the Faust, the Faust was in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a kind of a, a group of older kids that I think may have been sneaking off into the bathroom together. But I'm Earth gonna... Day far out. Rolling yeah. movies, dude. <laughs> I don't feel good. I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> the, the older kids are fucking rolling doobies and the front row, all the little kids in the fucking long ass t-shirts are fucking trying to stay awake and fucking mainlining ring dings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And by the way, how do you get all these people? Well, it's pretty easy. Their parents just tell them their, their manager, momager goes, no, you're going, you're going. Can we book them? You, you bet you can put them. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Here we go. Continuing on. Eventually, we should get to the chorus. This is the same glacier that uh, that Guy and uh, Barry are on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Born together, hand in hand. Yeah. Oh, saxophone. There's also a guy who's just really just, just raging some, some licks, some guitar licks over the top of this, too. I don't know if you've heard those, but you'll hear them for sure. Fucking Shreddy Krueger. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Who's, who's riding the top there? Who is that? Is that, <laughs> is that the Faust riding the top there? There's a, there's a couple kind of like, I don't know what you oh would call mess. them. Like R&B singers. Maybe they're actors too. That And they're, they're basically adults. I mean, that, that at best, they're like late teens. They don't really belong here with this These tall people like in the back. Yeah, I see. Okay, yeah. But the, I guess they they kind of consider them ringers or something. And somebody has a mustache in this picture in the back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess they're supposed to be the soulful singers, but they're just not. I mean, it's just they're they're trying and it's not working. So here we go. And now they're screaming at you. It was like it's like the third suite of the bingo. Uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> They're just yelling at you now. This is my nightmare. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Kids singing in unison, atonal fucking creep ass kids. <laughs> Oh, and fuck. a saxophone blaring in the background. Fucking yeah, it's like fighting with their with their volume. <laughs> well, they had to do something. I mean, what? <laughs> oh my lord! What a nightmare to work the session. Yeah, we'll keep going here. Maybe not every child, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, these lyrics are also just so pedestrian as well, right? You know, the verse coming to... up makes me want to. I, I fucking just threw up on the microphone. <laughs> I just took. Yeah, a, I, I took a glimpse at what's coming our we'll, way. We'll get through that verse because then it just goes into like some, uh, you know, just carrying out these awful choruses with the with the fake R and B singers doing their thing. I, I should make you listen to a couple of those though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, all right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Enjoy the chorus. Come on, folks. But there's a scene where, where they go, let it. They kind of just do this octave jump on that on that <laughs> one note. And there's a scene in the documentary where the kids can't get it. And I'm like, of course they can't get it. Change the fucking note. It's a fucking let hard it. note for anyone to sing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't blame the kids for that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. There's like four different adults directing them. And it, you know, it's. As annoying as these kids are, they're just kids. It's the fucking. That was my adults. life, dude. You're describing my life. <laughs> <laughs> Before I got to high school, this is my life. Ugh. Yeah, because Aaron was annoying, but it wasn't yeah, his it was fault. An annoying fucking fame kid. <laughs> got the kids from fame over here. <laughs> I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe chop a couple of those years off, though. Just saying. <laughs> You guys are annoying. Do big shirts. <laughs> All right, come on. Now, what is that song like? Shut up. <laughs> like a wh- it's a whale song, but crying. I guess. <laughs> whale's crying because he heard this song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whales have great ears too. That's yeah. a drag because he, he will hear this song. Yeah, like who who did we send under the sea? Uh, oh, it was it was Neil it was Neil, Neil Diamond, Diamond. Neil Diamond yeah. and Reggae Strut. <laughs> he yeah. was in Reggae Strut Purgatory. Yeah, Neil Diamond's like I just came under the sea to get away from all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let us make the lyrics again. The kids were handed these lyrics. I can't blame them. They they sound precocious singing it yeah but yeah but it's the adults who with these these lame fucking aphorisms and and this this feel-good luxury kind of let us keep our oceans clean it's a, yeah it's just yeah who you know what like they're that? saying who is like, like uh, excuse you excuse you hey yeah <laughs> pick that up excuse you when they say let us i mean you yeah. well i say it from over here seated <laughs> right fucking punks <laughs> And this is the best track takes they got, by the way, guys. This is the heavy edits. They're sure. fucking looping like fucking George Martin. <laughs> Just fucking moving tapes around. <laughs> Trying to make it work. This is as good as it gets. The sa- letting the Sanborn guy just wail forever. He's probably sweating. You really want more? <laughs> They're giving him that stretch it. Yeah. Stretch it more. Go, just go, go. More. Stretch it more, 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 more. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about the guys who put this together. I feel like they thought this was going to be their 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 meal ticket or something right. because they were two kind of industry guys and I was looking at them they they both have active Facebook pages they're you know they're quite old now and um they were kind of industry guys they're from New York City two chums one of the guys wrote the song and played piano the other guy I think just kind of orchestra did the orchestration and the the arrangement and also I think maybe directed the kids and and the band. Um Aaron, 
when I look at these guys, and I'll send you a picture of them in a second. When I look at these guys and kind of their position in the music industry, do you remember that group of kind of jazz musos that your dad hung around with? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're all they're all great musicians and all really nice guys, but they all kind of had like various fuzzy beards. Yeah, they you know they they weren't in it because they they look like you know the Backstreet Boys. They, right. They, yeah. They had <laughs> they other were, skills. They were just these kind of like bohemian outsiders, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah. With fifty albums out, and mm-hmm. and, I, <laughs> and at one point in their career, they jammed with Miles Davis, but they also have to crash on your dad's couch. You know, that's the kind of career. The nature kind of, of outside jazz. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the consequence of jazz. Yeah. These these two guys kind of remind me of that. I'm going to send you their picture right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, he has 50 albums out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gerald's released a, a collection of his rhapsodies. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> All right. Here it comes, guys. This is the the two fellows who, who put this together. This is them in '92. Yeah. So oh, proud of yeah. themselves. <laughs> So look, I I do want this seems to be one of the things they're most proud of. Every the guy on the right looks like a Zach Galifianakis character, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> with the string tie and the whole. And then the other guy is Fred Armisen. Like if you said this is a bit, and that's Zach, and that's Fred, <laughs> it would be believable. Remember the other, the other time when you said, uh, you know, on glances, you said uh, a an effeminate uh, Edward James almost. <laughs> <laughs> we found him. There found he is. Him. I want to say for the record that this this song seems to be an obsession to this day for these guys. Every, there's a Facebook page for this project, and it's called Let It Be Earth Day Every Day or whatever. And every year, a couple times, they'll post this song again and get like two likes. And so these guys are – and then if you go through their bios on their various websites and Facebook pages, they're, they're always crowing about this song. And so – and I kind of looked into them a little bit more and they do, their hearts were in the right place. I don't want to say they're bad guys or they're, they're dickheads or anything. And they do seem to be sort of on their level accomplished musicians. So boys, if you're listening to this, nice try, (laughs) (laughs) But, but it's, they were, they had tried to put this thing together. I was saying earlier, they thought it was kind of their meal ticket because it seems like a very important milestone in their careers because they're still talking about it. Today, yeah. But it got, but it got shot down immediately. In fact, one of the guys describing this on his website, on his bio said, there's a quote, he goes, the project was completed, but never released due to a nearly total lack of corporate interest in Earth Day projects in general during that time. We were all heartbroken. So they did it on spec. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's what I was going to say. Like they, they flew these, they flew these kids into because the, they recorded oh the band in New York where they're from. And then I guess because a lot of the kids were in LA because they were kid actors, they gathered everyone at a Burbank studio to do the vocals. And they also flew a bunch of kids in and they're, they're describing how they're running to the airport and picking up kids so they can get them to the session and everything. I'm just what like, end? you guys are putting a lot of fucking money into this thing that no one seemed to want. No one asked okay. for it. <laughs> and I'm going to call bullshit on that right away as a, as, a, as a proud Burbankian myself, as I see in this picture that they are at the Burbank Hilton. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's and, only the after Which is right from. across the street from the airport. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Strategically placed. Yeah. Strategically placed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, I like the, I like the, um, I like the explanation of uh, total lack of uh, corporate interest, dot, 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 and Jonathan Taylor Thomas's people who refused <laughs> to sign off. <laughs> Dude, that's probably not without a lot of truth. They're like, yeah. I, they got a hold yeah. of it. This is dog shit. And uh, uh, fucking Chuchi Galifianakis is uh, right. <laughs> an odd bird. Yeah. I'm going to play you guys a little snippet from another song from 1990. 
And you tell me what is similar about this song and what's different, okay? It's just mm-hmm. going to be like less than 30 seconds. Here we go. Now it's time to do our part, make it right again. Put the green back in the valley and the wide ways on the sea. Then make the world the kind of place where they will want to Beautiful singer. Some kids singing in the chorus. <laughs> right. The only thing that's similar. Yeah. So one one is a good version of what they're trying to do. The other one yep. is uh, the other one is weird. That song was a bunch of country artists, as you could tell. Those yeah. are real singers in the verses. Very good singing. Yeah. Doing some nice harmonies and stuff, and. Um, and then they bring in the kids on the chorus very subtly, right? Again, it's called Tomorrow's yep. World. And it was, oh, nothing, an environmental song. So, right. And it was released on May like 37 on the country charts or something. So for this this guy to say corporate you know, record companies weren't interested in, um, <laughs> yes, they were. They just wanted to invest in a good song, not a shitty song. <laughs> a song that would sell new and, units. And I know we're not allowed to use this word, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to disguise it. it. It's the Robert Downey junior line from is it uh tropical tropic thunder tropic thunder yes where he goes don't go full r is that the movie where he said right yeah yes yeah. right yes yeah so don't go full kids don't go full kids that's, that's the right. problem back it off yeah. back it the fuck off yeah i even look back over some gitmo torture songs and these songs were hits even though they look had- at pink floyd pink floyd had the kids we yeah. don't yeah. yeah um the clint Holmes song that he's a great singer and but then they brought in bobby or whatever his name was Oh right. right, yeah, yeah, and and but they didn't go full kid. Right. Could you imagine that right. entire song? My name is Mickey. I'm on a nickel. Whatever. People would have drove off the fucking Bay Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. With oh, ease. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, a lot of these you just have to really like do the do the subtle kid. Don't do the right. <laughs> don't do the full kid. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, don't get a hundred kids and two hundred t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I, I kind of lost my place on this on this fucking song, but let me see. It's okay. Oh, well. <laughs> have you guys heard oh, well. enough of yeah, Let dude, There of Be Earth Day Every There's Day? It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I mean, we'll find it. It's so much like my life. I can't tell you how painful that hey, is. You're touching I can't a person, do it. personal, personal <laughs> yeah. day of personal feeling of Aaron Freight. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so these two guys, I'll say their names in case they need to hear them. It's Marty... I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Denier. Denier. Well, there you go. D-U-N-A-Y-E-R. Dunayer? I don't know. And Lori Tom Gambino. So there you go, boys. Heart's in the right place. Let's say, I want to say this. Yeah, fucking heart's in the right place. And like, here's here's the thing that's real, I think. That like, when so many cynical journalists were, were, were pretty fucking shitty and mean to John Lennon and Yoko Ono, uh, when they were in bed talking about peace, and most of them were just racist and wanted to be mean to Yoko, I'm fairly certain of. But uh, they also took a lot of joy in sort of like, what are you doing? This is useless. And what do you tr- hope to, you know? And his response was very lovely. He's like, look, I, you know, I'm choosing, you, people want to, li- you guys are all here <laughs> looking at me, and I'm just going to talk about peace. I'm just going to keep saying the word peace because, you know, if you say it, it's better than saying anything else. And if mm-hmm. you're going to listen to me, this bizarre thing, which is stardom and celebrity, and it's all garbage. So what if it wasn't garbage? What if you talked about peace all the time? I and mean, that's a lovely thing. 
And if you're going to make fun of me, guess what? I'm fine. I'm a beetle, by the way, so I don't care. <laughs> but, but like, I'm going to talk about peace. So like these guys could be doing mean or cynical or dumb things with their musical lives. And they didn't. They chose to do this. You know, do I like the idea of a bunch of kids being, you know, foisted into their dreams? No, but like they could have been singing about some kind of cynical thing and they're not. So. Right. They could have lost Dave Sanborn, maybe. um yeah and it's just it's just tough to listen to because totally the the kids weren't great singers uh the song isn't that great and then they decided to go full 80s sax and and wailing you know guitar and it just the whole thing ended up just being a disaster really bad bro like yeah (laughs) it's 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 upsetting <laughs> it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Yeah. Let me just say that. The other thing is just like have some situational awareness. Like these totally. The, these these groups of singers standing on those like coral risers, you know, and the p- camera panning across and they're all like kind of swinging back and forth singing this anthemic song that had been done 5000 times before this. It just it just seems like they were still trying to grab onto something that was like 10 years gone, you know? Oh my God, for real. Like this is 92, right? And like we, USA for Africa was like 84, 83, 84, right? Yeah. Live Aid was 85, right? So it was yeah. just yeah. It was the yes. Christmas yeah. of the previous year. Ugh, God damn. Yeah, I won't play anymore. I, I, I did want to regale you with the uh, fake R&B singers doing their thing over the top, but we'll move on. I get it. And I've heard them already. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, I don't know possibly what could beat this. So good Aaron's luck. Aaron's work with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I can't tell you how close to the bone it was. I have no skin anymore. It would be funny if on the 2023 version of Sweet Dicky Bingo, you had a kid's chorus. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet Dicky. With fucking shirts that are fucking massive. <laughs> Long shirts. <laughs> and they're like the Choose Life ones that say Sweet Dick in real big letters. <laughs> Mucho verga. <laughs> Mucho verga. Yes, perfect. Better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why is he yeah. wearing that? Why is Jeremy wearing that? Shut up. <laughs> We're paying you, aren't we? <laughs> by, by the way, it's one more thing. It just this feels like a project that um, you know, Billy Ballcap from the Christmas song would be part of. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> He's somewhere near this. He's somewhere near this. Yeah, guy. whoever was tone management on that was also also you'll find on his resume that he also did Billy Ballcap's song. Tone management. What's tone management? Well, <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's Let It Be Earth Day Every Day by a group of celebrity kids who don't have a name because it never launched. Due to complete lack of interest. <laughs> I like I like the two guys who sit around still talking about it now, but they've, you know, they're like, you know, back when we were doing Earth. Yeah, Earth. Um, right. <laughs> they don't even say the whole thing. They just they're, like, for them. They're, like, they're still so jazzed about it. It's like, well, we talked to Gary and Philip. We <laughs> asked them, would they ever do it again? And they said, only under any condition. <laughs> <laughs> Gary and Philip. <laughs> Two guys that didn't make it out of this fucking, yeah, the not Jennifer Love Hewitt person, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. That's uh, that's my torture for A-Dog here on episode 50. And- the worst fucking ever. The worst song that's ever been played on this show. <laughs> <laughs> except for the, except for there's a positive intention, you know? So yeah. like, with Jackal, there was no positive intention. You know what's funny is that I had that in my kind of bucket-o torture songs, just kind of like, I'd... I, 
kind of glance at it. Fermenting and shit. <laughs> and then as I, as I looked at it, this as I was kind of getting prepared for this episode, I went, wait, isn't it Earth Day in a couple days? All right. I know what song I'm doing. It's perfect. So it worked That's out perfect. perfect. Yeah. Great song for the show. Horrible song for me. For, for society. But luckily it's behind us now. I feel that way about fucking I Live to Fuck. The jackal song, Jackal. Whatever, you know, like they, they can't she be loves played my twice. Cock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, George, what do you would, you would you like to talk this up? I would like to put up a valiant effort against this close to the bone song for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a shot here. Um, <laughs> I say well, the worst is like a, me singing in third grade or me I'm just, losing my third grade is, spelling bee on diamond. This is <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Forgot the A. As you would. Yeah. Um, all right. Forgot so this, um, I'm really kind of surprised. I'm just going to say the genre here and then let this play. Aaron Britt opened the uh, the door on this genre for us. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't mined more of it because it is rich. <laughs> um, two words for you, bro and country. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this is a real song. It's horrifying. And um, just let it play. And I'll, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you some details about it as we go along. All right. It looks like a lyric video for my enjoyment. This is not a this is not a novelty song. This was a real bro country song, a real thing. So just mm-hmm. start with that. Go ahead. So okay, I don't want to ruin any anything, but I'm no, just it, let it play. Okay. <laughs> Oh, this kind of production shit is terrible. I need a date context. What year is this, George? <laughs> 2014. <Yeah. sighs> Jesus. Yeah, when, when everything in country just sounded completely processed. Like there's zero. Douche central. <laughs> zero soul or, you know, even country songs can have soul. I mean, listen to Patsy Cline. Listen to Willie Nelson. This well, is- they started incorporating weird weird bedfellows like they started getting like tried to incorporating sort of like hip-hop sort of stuff. like hip-hop stuff oh, that's yeah that's hip-hop what bro stuff. country is yeah, yeah and like bro country is yeah. limp awful variations on a mutt lang theme like they're <laughs> taking that kind of production style and incorporating it so like it's as if Def, Def leopard was doing an awful shitty country song is what the <laughs> production hints at you know, with the completely superfluous banjo in it, yeah, <laughs> right. just to just to satisfy Nashville yeah. for two seconds. Yes. Yeah, you know how like in rap songs that when, when they get a little bit purposely like off kilter and they'll just bring in like a weird uh, clarinet or something. Right. These songs have kind of morphed into a rap guy goofing on country music by you know because <laughs> like you you would have you know like like Ice T or someone bring a banjo in just like George said or something. Yeah, yeah. it's more like a bad or, or an interesting rap song. Yeah, it's a bad country song. <laughs> uh, if you if you guys hate the music, wait till the lyrics start. <laughs> You're not raving at the lyrics yet. You guys are already pissed. I love right. it. <laughs> Love it. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. Wait, you won't believe this. Put my Chevy in the ditch. Couple grand to get it fixed. This sounds like fucking Paula Cole. <laughs> the Cowboys. Where song. have all the Cowboys yeah. gone? You're yeah. right. Think of that. Yeah. Jesus. Apparently, now we know. Yeah, here they are. And this, and this is the talk. This is the, a lot of bro country. I, I did not know this. I got a little educated. A lot of uh, bro country is this, you know, talk singing kind of thing. Not really singing. It's like what he's doing. It's kind of rapping or talking. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's part of the style. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I will do the laundry. <laughs> go have a beer. You go have a beer. 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 Fuck. 
Who knew that song influenced people? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> influenced me to change the station. Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> this one did, but all right. <laughs> Here we go. Fixed. Bank account running dry. Boss ain't got no overtime. Friday rolls around. Gotta get this party to town. Got nothing to try but just... I have a theory about line dancing, which applies here. Because <laughs> okay. white people can't dance, but I guess they can sort of memorize things. So that's why I think line dancing got so popular is because they thought they could dance, but they were just like shuffling around. You Caucasians have long been known for their memory. Coming from the Caucasus Mountains, we remembered. <laughs> we were the only <laughs> remembered how to get down. <laughs> well, and remember the other thing about line dancing is what you're saying is correct. I believe is that if everyone's doing the same thing, then you can't look stupid. No one can yell. Yeah. Well, he can't dance. He looks dumb. And you're, you're and, and if you can, and also it requires you to fit in. Right. Which is yeah. perfect. Instead of Those you look dumb, things. Gary, it's y'all look like a bunch of chodes. Right. Yeah. Everyone's doing the same yeah. thing. So you can't look right. dumb. <laughs> we look dumb together. To quote Life of Brian. Yes, we are all individuals. <laughs> all unique. <laughs> but the reason I brought that up is because, you know, obviously white guys can't rap. Certainly not these country bros. So this is what they do. It's this, this Paula Cole. And certainly thing. the exception me earlier in this episode. I was yeah. rapping. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, Aaron, you never explained to me that you're white. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know it. Well, you know, look. I thought you were Tex-Mex and maybe part African-American. I don't know what. I don't. Yeah, look. I'm like Benetton, baby. Benetton adding one guy. That's right. <laughs> one lad, every country. <laughs> the uh, Well, that's what bro country is, uh, uh, Damon. It's, it's, it's guys that grew up listening to hip hop and now we're channeling it into a redneck or country that that's what that is. They're bad at it though. Yeah. Well, well you know, that, that that there's people that there's people that like this a lot. Yeah. Not this song specifically. We'll get and around to they're that. They're fucking in but, every state, baby. Let me tell you something about like it is big in fucking Minnesota. Yeah. And like we're north 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 north. Every state got a like fucking massive and it's still fucking massive. Cuz they're like, bros. <laughs> dudes who you don't fucking know are doing like selling out fucking US Bank Stadium and I fucking never even heard of them. No, I'd never heard of this guy. Uh, so, and and also, who is um, this? Uh, it's a guy. It's a guy. It's a guy named Jared Neiman, who sounds Jewish to me. So, <laughs> well, good for him. Lahayan. And he's <laughs> he's a you know he's an artist and songwriter who's written for everybody. He did not write this song. Two other fellas did. And just I'm going to tell you guys because the chorus is coming, and I, I want to tell you what's happening here, just story wise in the song, in case you're not getting it. That his cars broke down. Uh, he drove it. He drove it into a ditch. Um. His boss it's not also, broke down yet. Well, he, he drove it into it. a ditch. It's a couple grand to get it fixed. He's uh, he can't get any overtime. Fridays now come around. He doesn't have a car. How is he going to get to town so he can party with his bros? How is he going to do mm -hmm. that? Sure, he's out in the country. Don't forget. So here's here's the answer. Go. Mm, I see where this is going. <laughs> By the way, those are all like really unique, original country themes about being broke and does he decide to stuff. just stay and work the fields and and uh and work and build character and and uh, <laughs> play the long game and 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 forget <laughs> about uh momentary moments of, of raging in favor of the long game well if you were jared what would you do yeah <laughs> he's go got party. a solution i already know what it is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> give it go. away here is we he go gonna take a horse george <laughs> well here we go <laughs> outside, my ride Gonna ride that donkey, donkey, down to the honky tonky. It's gonna get funky, funky. Ow, ow. Gonna ride that donkey, donkey. You getting that, Aaron? 
getting he's gonna ride a donkey into town. Yeah, he's taking yeah. his donkey into town. And what's great about the word donkey is it rhymes with honky and tonky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and well, he's riding his donkey into town. That's how he's gonna get there. And it's adjacent to funky, which is what he also used. Yes, and Jesus that's it. and I know from 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 learning about this now that that is his friend. He has a, a friend that's in his band that can make a really good donkey sound. So what? he said, "Yeah," and he said, "I'm not doing this song unless you know whoever his buddy's name is." Gets How many to donkeys do- are we going to do? Is it, what is this? The donkey cast now? This is the second song. We got donkeys. <laughs> <What> did- <laughs> I know. Nothing but donkeys. Did he reference Dominic at all? <laughs> did he not recognize? This is sort of a cousin of Dominic's, really, in some ways. Mm, I didn't think right. of that. So that's his friend making the donkey sounds, which was very important to, to Jared to to do this song. If only the buddy would do the donkey sounds. It's a fucking great, nightmare. Because they're great. It's a nightmare. It's an assault. <laughs> it's a, an audio assault on my mind. <laughs> and there's better stuff. It gets, it, it, it's better stuff. Let it go. His broken down truck is the equivalent of a reindeer. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, well. They're both using a donkey as an alternative form of transportation. That's right. Isn't that what's going on? <laughs> Yes. That's what Dominic was providing, and that's what uh, funky honky tonky donkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just I'm just checking this. Okay, yeah. Hey, wait, hold on a second. Well, okay, I can't let this moment pass by. Georgie, did, <laughs> didn't you write in high school about the Gulf of Tonkin incident? <laughs> I, I no no <laughs> no in uh in in college in college. <laughs> In college, by the way, I, di- I didn't even write the paper because I had a I had a girlfriend at the time that she loved writing papers. So it was uh, about uh, LBJ's involvement in the Gulf of Tonkin incident and getting us involved in in uh, <laughs> in Vietnam. And my brilliant title was Honky Tonkin. <laughs> and by the way, it was my contribution to the paper. That was I was going to say <laughs> that was the only was thing good. I thought of was the title. You're at SC, right? Yeah, oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, go, there you go. Fight on. You're fight right on, about you that. Guys. At that time, you're certainly right about that. <laughs> Got an A, by the way. <laughs> yeah, hats, fucking, hats off to Mark Gordon, who's, who's probably listening. You know, Honky you know, Tonkin. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, when he got the paperback with the big A plus on it, by the way, that that title was circled in red pen and a little note that said "Love this!" exclamation <laughs> point. Or it's a big red circle and it says "See me." <laughs> <laughs> See me. <laughs> exactly. We all got those. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I got the love this. I guess, but you guys got the see me's. You're right. Honky, yeah, yeah, yeah. See me immediately. <laughs> my my tenth was it tenth grade. 11th grade English teacher, I wrote this killer essay about The Catcher in the Rye um, because it was my favorite book since I was in like seventh grade. So I knew it backwards and forwards. And and uh, I submit it and he hands out the, <laughs> the the papers back with our grades on it. And I get mine. It has a big, uh, the whole front page has a giant F in red circled. Mm-hmm. And, and so the whole class kind of files out after class and I kind of stop at his desk and I go, yeah, I got to talk to you about something because I figured you would. I think you plagiarized that. I'm like, no, man, I know that book front and back. And he goes, well, let me check. Comes back the next day and and uh, discovered that he, the source he thought I lifted it from wasn't even close. It was my work. But then he gave me an A minus. Like it was so good <laughs> that I ripped it off. from. But then I didn't even get an A plus. I got an A minus. What a dick. That dude. Wow, that, that stuck with you, man. It did. It should. It's a shit move. Isn't that the book that every serial killer has read? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily serial killers, but yes, killers. I could tell you the answer to that, George, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> 
But all right, back to donkey. Okay, sorry. Donkey, don- <laughs> hey, wait, yeah. So the song's called Donkey. Yeah, it's called Donkey. Yeah. That's the name of the donkey. Right. Yeah. It's just called Donkey, and it's about a guy who has to ride a donkey into town because his truck is uh, in the ditch. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. And there's more. There's more to the story. Let's just listen. <laughs> listen to Jared. <laughs> oh, by the way, like Wayne Caudill, who goes to your funeral. Remember that. Right. The teacher couldn't have gone like, hey, just looked up the source before giving me the giant F on the paper. Sure. You mean his job? Or a lazy butthole. A note, like, let's talk about this or something. But he had to he had to give me the big giant F circled on the front. Figured you might. Like, it was, supposing you had just fucking sucked it up and were horrified with your F and left like most kids would. Yeah. You know? Like, you want a dirtbag. All right. Sorry. Aaron and I are having, like, childhood traumatic... <laughs> <laughs> incidents here happy episode 50 you guys let go of it <laughs> all right here we go try to go honky donkey and by the way that's not a good donkey sound no it's not it sounds like a half-assed chewbacca or something Ow. i know it's just here here it is Ow. sounds like a kitty Ow. yeah right <laughs> you want a real donkey you get fucking dominic the donkey out there fucking <laughs> lou monty or whatever his fucking name was yeah you get the guy who's the tower of power of donkeys you get that guy whoever that <laughs> that's right you want a donkey you get this guy what yeah, this is <laughs> a, your friend your buddy did it whatever yeah do you guys i don't know who just said it sounds like a cow was that aaron yeah, yeah. Aaron said a cat. If you guys remember <laughs> the, the the one episode of Debbie Downer on SNL where she talks about a cat, kitty leukemia yeah. or something, and then instead of the yeah. the horn, they do the meow meow meow. Yeah, right. that's what that sounds like. It does sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. John detracted. Hope my donkey gets it faster when I pull up and pick up truck. Josh break out in laughter. What the ladies think is cool. I kick it with a mule. I feel the glass. Oh, listen to that double entendre. Mm-hmm. He's got it going. <laughs> I do. You would if you could too. They all walk funny when they're done. Riding you know who again. Shut the fuck see, up. The, see, the girls are riding his yeah, donkey dick. Yeah, see, guys? Right. You get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. These, these fucking hillbillies Jesus. are so... They're such geniuses. All right, let, let me say something about this since we got to that part. So um, even among uh, country fans and even bro country, I guess, critics, this did not do well. And in fact, was pulled off some radio stations because of of those lines right there where they, they were even like, OK, bro country's fine, but this has gone too far. <laughs> in 2014, this was a bridge too far for, for many critics in the country world. <laughs> this is like cherry pie. But for Bro Country, Cherry Pie was a big hit, though. This was not a big hit. Um, I think it topped out at 43. Um, and that's only country charts. It didn't cross over or anything. Did Lou so, Alcindor do other fucking songs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared. No, Jared Neiman's done oh, a, no, no. A, other big hits, written for other people, written for Garth Brooks. So of the guys who ri- wrote this but He's song, fine. This, Don't worry about him. But yeah, no, they have. He's had number one hits, everything, and this this one was was a misstep. And he, he even said a quote like, "He someone gave the, someone gave it to him because this is by two other writers, and someone gave it to him, and he kept listening to it, and he wasn't sure. And then he said one day that he was listening to the chorus, and he's like, "This is either the worst song or the best song, but I'm not letting it get away." Mm. <laughs> and he still defends it to this day that that it was a good <laughs> that it was a good decision when it, it really wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, he learned something that day. He he knows what the real lesson was. He just doesn't want to tell us about it. <laughs> or he doesn't want to say it out loud to us. 
Well, look, he the lady the way he rides that ass. Okay, so whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Everything about it is dumb. <laughs> All right. It's on a donkey. Who, <laughs> even like when you're a kid and you're doing a, uh, you know, hee haw or whatever, you sound more than like a donkey than that guy does. <laughs> that guy's fired, my friend. <laughs> Now I'm thinking why this is befuddling me. Just last week, with Mr. Josh Pickering as our guest, we did another country song. Do you lads recall what that was? Fancy. <laughs> it's all about going out and turning tricks. And, and that was in 1990. And by the way, right. 1970 as well, as I recall. Yeah, correct, so the song yes. was a hit twice by all these, these, these redneck nudniks. And and now this guy's just doing this kind of double entendre, which, by the way, there's another song, you know, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Remember that mm. stupid yeah. song? It's a good which is another one of those double entendre, like riding a, a, a barnyard animal. Like, who, who, why was this banned? Like, who cares? It's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> and, and by the way, Aaron, I think I, I didn't really realize it before, but that, 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 that middle part right there is right out of the Cherry Pie Handbook. <laughs> and almost if you took the country flavor off of it, right. it would be the same, you know, yeah, the ladies love to ride. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's corny right and stupid. And like, yeah. it's funny to me, frankly, what's most funny about it not being successful is that somebody making some sort of determination that it was any more stupid than any of the other bro country songs. <laughs> yeah. It's just one that didn't work. So they're like, oh, not like the other songs that do work. Like, yeah. you know. I don't it's want the to, Billy you know, Squire phenomenon. Exactly. Like this just wasn't, you know, this this song wasn't happening. Move on. Yeah. This was a bridge too far for many country people. <laughs> so many of those songs are fucking dumb. And by the way, there's, you know, every every genre has it. I'm not like just ragging on country music, but like every fucking genre has these god awful chunks of time. And, and then we're in one. Or I still probably, <laughs> yeah. but it was particularly bad then, I guess. You know? This is right on the heels of Accidental Racist. Chimney yeah. Christmas. Holy moly. <laughs> this is one where you truly just take the – it comes on and you just throw the entire radio out the window. Yeah. <laughs> you just pull your car over to the side of the road and just leave the keys and walk away. But just very calmly, just like, no. <laughs> just get off and split. That's it. You're not upset. You're not – it's just a fact of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately for us, this is not one of George's like 17 minute epics. <laughs> this no. is a long song show. So for George finally <laughs> yeah. to come with a short finally one. Finally come awesome. with a short one here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it gets a point across pretty well. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get Glenn Fry in to play that solo? God. Just, I, it's just, it's a rock song. They throw that banjo on it. Just, tell, I mean, there's just no, there's no reason to have it there. Just uh, uh, a country song. This is the last thing Glenn died did before he passed. <laughs> he was really down on his luck, like Hallel when he was with Shady Character. <laughs> All right. When they say 
this last call. No, I don't sweat it, y'all. Got a bottle in the saddle. A six-pack in the stall. So, baby, what you say? We can giddy up to my place. We hit the barn. Ain't no harm. Rolling in the hay. Hey. Yow! <laughs> oh, I can't take it, dude. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad jesus christ the concept the fucking the production style it sounds bad uh, you know th- that guy sounds dumb yeah um you know the the, the musicians sound like they that that it's like a it's like a garage band like series of loops that some yabo who is like smoked 18 joints and he just put it all together and it sounds like a, a, a like rotten goulash <laughs> that was the alternative title for this record it's rotten gula it's terrible it's terrible soulless too so just straight soulless yeah like bad like bad for the world it is yeah right. uh the uh yeah this guy i noticed this guy signed to arista nashville and by the way like i said this guy had a has a lot of hits uh jared jared neiman has a lot of hits um the last thing is uh because the rest of it's just him saying donkey donkey go honky tonky <laughs> The rest yeah. of the whole thing's that. <laughs> you can listen to it if you want, but that's what he says. The best thing about the song is that we got to talk about George's Gulf of Tonkin paper. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the, the the thing about it is I did see some live versions and um and I was just not not shocked. George but I was like research. Yeah, I'm like, wow, they're really laying this on thick. Um, so the the guy the, the guy who's the in quotes banjo player comes out sure. with like one of those electric banjos, you know, and it's and it's and and he has a full donkey mask on. Oh my god, oh, clever! He's doing the whole thing in a full donkey mask. Aren't donkeys the uh, the Democrat uh, sign? Yes, they yeah. are. Yes, no wonder they didn't like it. Yeah, the there you go. In the end. <laughs> Too bad he didn't have a buddy who made a, a, an elephant sound. elephant noise. Yeah, switch, switch. Uh, yeah, switch him. For some reason, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking of the um, of the terrible incident at the Democratic convention when um, when uh, Rob Lowe screwed a 16 year old girl, and, <laughs> and his buddy and his buddies in the back in the back just filming it, going, "Get her, Rob! Get her, Rob!" <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I would love to mix that with this. Going to be a donkey, donkey. Get her, Rob. Get her, Rob. <laughs> and then you can add in on on another like on another track. When John Kerry stood up and saluted everyone who said, John Kerry reporting for duty. I think that was the Duke Hawkins convention, but yes. Put him in there. Oh my God. Uh, that's fucking terrible. Are we yeah. done? Can I, can I judge? Pass judgment? Yeah, yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. If they're just going to ride that donkey out on the chorus, we don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> well, look, look. Uh, Betwixt the two, um, the the first one torched the skin off of me. Um, <laughs> it, it really did touch a place that was that was uh, long since healed, but now is uh, ripped open, rewounded. Uh, that's right. And and then and then the other song is 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 you know one of the reasons that I was happy to be out of the music business, <laughs> if you want to say I was ever in it. Uh, it it was it's it's a it's a tragedy that style of music. It's just it's just terrible. That this honorable profession of 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 country music just fucked by that. It, it fell me. off a cliff. Yeah, and it's just such great music, and then that happened. It's just terrible. But I have to say that like that first song cuts too close to the shit I had to do, and <laughs> I, 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 I it's song. still I hate having my picture taken to this day. 
because of shit that was done to me in that kind of space when I was a kid. Because of the big shirts or? I'm still <laughs> fucked by it. Like, actually <laughs> fucked by it. Thanks. Thanks for everything. I have to give it to Damon. That song's fucking. A, a, uh, you're you're going to start drinking again tonight, aren't you? I know. I'm back on the battle, baby. <laughs> I feel. You know, kind of bad that I've that I've you know kind of ripped open that wound, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this. The winner takes it all. Skin, 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 skin. Oh, 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 oh. Trauma, trauma. Child abuse, child abuse. Day, earth, day, earth. Funky, donkey, hunky, tonky. Donk, donkey. <laughs> Damon, I love you making that speech. You go, sorry to cut you to the bone and reopen that thing, but there's this. You just put your hands together like for he's a jolly good fellow while the play looks like this. I'm the winner. <laughs> that crazy fun bass line comes in. Sorry about your pain, bro. Does this help? Champion. <laughs> Swedish, great songs, go. <laughs> well, it's a note to self. Like if there are any other donkey songs out there, Bad to choose those because they they lose. Like I lost with my donkey song, and Georgie lost with his awful donkey song. It's always a worse song, I suppose. My word, it's always a worse song than something worse than the donkey. (laughs) And what is it? Show business, child abuse. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, sorry to do that to you. That actually was one of the worst kind of lineups of torture songs we've had in a long time. Meaning they're both equally fucking horrible. Yeah, Dang. that was it. Those were some tough ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus, I'm still so, so really emotionally wounded. <laughs> well, give us a sorbet, please. Yeah. Bring us in, Majel. <laughs> Let's, yeah, let the robot tell us where we're at, though, dude. Oh. Majel, just okay. kind of cover Aaron with a blanket and give him a cup of hot cocoa. I mean, one of those silver blankets. Yeah, I'm in a silver blanket. Because <laughs> they got the back of the ambulance open. I'm just sitting there with fucking ripping a, a filter off a, of a camel so that I can get straight to the action. <laughs> you get, it's, it's like you got kidnapped in, 19, in the 1970s and they found you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> they give me a cliff bar and a blanket. <laughs> Glad to have you back, son. And handing you like a thermos of coffee, <laughs> the gruff Nick Nolte like cop says as he hands you the the thermos, tastes like shit, but at least it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he adopts you later as a fifty two yes. year old man. Papa Nick, <laughs> there's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a premise generator? That's hilarious. That's a fucking hilarious premise. Nobody. It's Will Ferrell as the kid. Nobody wants him. Someone's got to take him. He's 50 years old. He yeah, has the mind of a 10-year-old no boy. You're no longer kidnapped. You're just living in a guy's house. He's emotionally 10 years old. Who's going to help him? <laughs> Nick Nolte will. <laughs> well, I don't like you, kid, but I get along with you better than my ex-wife. <laughs> Come on. You make a hell of a squash partner. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just do 48 hours. That's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> then we go and play competitive squash. <laughs> Nick Nolte starts hurling N-words at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Majel is going to talk us in here. Here we go. Sorbet. Wella balsam. <laughs> Love that. Nick Nolte could have used some Wella balsam. For <laughs> oh sure. my God, his hair. Jesus Christ. He's the only guy who has like more flyaway hair than Vince Neal. <laughs> it's like corn silk, only less moist. He washed it with tequila, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the trick is to use Herodura. <laughs> Thanks, man. Weirdo. 
So, all right, here we are in the sorbet. I'm already feeling better. So um, why don't you talk us up here if need be? Well, uh, I've been holding this for 50 eps, holding this act. And now here I am. Uh, at 50, I get to be uh, honored to get the, the the half a centennial space. And in that space, I'm going to uh, give us one of the greatest bands of all time, one of my favorite bands of all time. I will say it's the single greatest front man of all time, but like with ease. And uh, I, I absolutely love him to death. This band has a lot to do with Damon and I being as close as we are and getting as close as we did so quickly. This is an amazing band from an amazing record. Uh, and this is called The Stairs. This is In Excess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Broke the seal on In Excess. Yeah, I had to. I had nice. to. Couldn't yeah. wait no longer. Couldn't wait no longer. So let's spin it and we'll uh, we'll get into it a little bit. I got some stuff to say, but mostly I just want to hear this fucking incredible song. I'm going to say 91. Yeah, off of uh, off of X. X. Which, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And... and uh, this was a huge album for them. Um, follow up to Kick, which was even bigger. Kick sold twenty million across the world, and they ended up selling seventy million all in, which is incredible for a band from Australia. It's incredible for anyone, but particularly a band from Australia. It's yeah. unusual, and it it's is. only happened a few times. So yeah, who usually know. subject you to Jimmy Bonds? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who and, I was connected crawls. to NXS, uh yeah. for uh, for uh, good times, which is a great song. But other than that, I don't need to hear JB. Yeah, the song is called "The Stairs." Uh, Mike said it was about Michael Hutchins, uh, frontman. Uh, said it was about uh, living uh, in uh, a singular city life, and uh, he 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 said later that there was the most ambitious song he'd ever written. The song describes how tens of millions of uh, people lead daily lives separated by walls, mere inches apart, and never meet. And what the song, what this album is kind of different is they there are a few songs that are slinky and funky on this record for sure. That's in excess of stock and trade, but. What became this record is like they wanted to play stadiums, and so this everything is epic, and this is probably their most epic song. It starts and builds and and crescendos with an incredible fucking like, it's a vocal tour de force for Mike, um, <laughs> and and so like let's just ride ride this wave a bit, and then we'll talk about it in a, in a, in a short while. It's a it's a build up song, and it may not serve it well to bump it and talk about it but it's the nature of the show so fuck it you can go buy the record listen to your own damn self yeah yeah Which you should fucking yeah. do anyways tough World. love i like I it know. yeah so close to earth day by a fucking in excess record yeah in a biodegradable package that's right <laughs> just download the fucker uh yeah so let's let's do it yeah no jewel boxes no yeah. no jewel boxes <laughs> all right here we go Yeah, they're just adding little elements as they go. Yeah, just bit by bit by bit. And and on stage, this was destructive. I encourage everybody to watch live, baby, live, and watch it go down in front of 60,000 people at Wembley. Uh, the highlight of the show for me. Uh, 
and uh, happy to hear it now. I got a thunderstorm and lightning storm going on in front of me too, so it's a beautiful soundtrack. Nice. Look at you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that video you're talking about, and yeah. sometimes when you construct something in the studio, it's hard, especially if it's this kind of dynamic thing where it's kind of a slow build and it just right. keeps going up. And it's it's I'm not gonna say it's easy to achieve in the studio, but it's it's more attainable in the studio. Right, you'd be scientific about it. You say, well, yeah. this is how it goes. But but then able to do this live because they were just a great live band anyway. That's an yeah. understatement. But right. but the fact something like this, which is kind of out of their their wheelhouse they were able to do it with this slow build and just keep Mm -hmm. the whole and the whole the whole fucking sixty thousand you know jobbers are yeah are are loving it yeah dude and it's 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 a it's a triumph in a million ways and it's also an interesting thing that he's talking about people being insular and apart from everyone and and how that's still super true and all that and and yet it is a bring us together massive stadium rock song so it's a dichotomy sometimes Mm -hmm. Mike's about to show up here. In a room above a business, the echoes of a life, the fragments and the accidents, separated by Effortlessly goes between those two singing styles too. Yeah, which is super aggravating about him. <laughs> and it's so pure. <laughs> and every every version of his voice is so pure and is 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 from another planet. Well, at least he's not good looking, though. At least he's not. Oh, yeah. And and he he sings like this live too. He's like he's possibly one of the best rock live singers i've ever heard and by that i mean like even freddie sometimes struggled with some of his own songs right yeah because i mean fred freddie had a lifestyle to contend with uh you know and he's just like partying is going to cut into it and mike raged too but there was a work ethic that they had coming up the way they did that like they knew how to manage it like there's only a few times that i've ever seen mike be less than on stage and you know that he parties so like he knew how to manage. There was a cutoff time and they were professionals and there was a work ethic and you fucking do it right, you know? And mm-hmm. there's a reason why they were the fucking best, like the best live band I've ever seen in my life, full stop. And seen and seen so many that are great. We all have. But like there's no, nothing has ever touched them. And that was up through 97 even on their last tour with Michael Live, you know? Uh, they were always beautiful and he was intensely striking. So let's, 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 hear, let's hear them get to where they're getting to. We share the same spaces 
all these new layers and elements yeah. and, and instruments being being you know kind of piled on as the song builds. But I promise Tim Ferriss isn't playing one of them. <laughs> He's just hitting some big G's, <laughs> some big G chords. <laughs> the way that the melody starts to rise is incredible. And because they've given you so much time on that on that lower vibe, and you kind of don't know. It's like a frog in a in a boiling thing. And suddenly when he starts to change it, they start to change the chords, and then he's the reason for you live your life. Like it's so fucking moving. Like I got goosebumps on goosebumps right now. <laughs> fucking rain going sideways and lightning going all over the place. It's like it's kind of perfect out here. <laughs> listening to this channel. Story to story, building it. to building, goosebump to goosebump. There you go. <laughs> Thunder to lightning. Thunder to lightning. <laughs> the the direction of the chord changes are, are very un in excess. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they usually aren't exploring the space as much, you know? Yeah, well, Chris Thomas had said that like it would be well, you had such a big success with kick, so let's try to let's try to change a bit of this and and like just really let it spread out like spread it out and really define it and so like with the exception of like faith in each other and suicide blonde with a fling ding 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 like that sort of more in excess kind of vibe yeah. R&B R&B rock I would say this is not any of that there's zero flavor in there of this and right. they could do this with ease like this is more like what the stage show was for the tour we're talking about where they shot live baby live so much so that at that show they played every song off this record and on that tour every song with the exception of faith in each other which i'm sure uh john was bummed out about but they but disappear is a big hit so we got over it (laughs) (laughs) but uh so this is again mostly like kick and kick was written uh the entire record written by uh uh by andrew ferris and michael and they had asked the band, they said, if you trust us, we can make this happen. And they, you know, boy, did that win big. Prior to that, there was a lot of like Kirk Pengilly would come in and he would have co-writes. Even Tim Ferriss would get co-writes and certainly John Ferriss. Um, but this record, uh, Kirk is back for a few songs uh, and Chris Thomas even gets a co-write on on a few. Um, and I think that's a testament to how Chris was trying to encourage them to broaden out their big sound, you know, let's, you know, let's appeal to even more and and make it so like, if you have a herky jerky band like kind of the way Inexcess was, Inexcess was up and through the swing, lots of staccato movements. It's tough to make that translate as the rooms get larger. So they understood that and did a great job dealing with that. And this is a period of time where they really sunk into how perfect a, a notion that is, particularly this song. I feel like this song and like some of the other songs from this album, and I believe from Welcome Wherever You Are as well, um, were picking up a story thread that they had kind of left behind for several albums, which was on like the swing. There's that song burn for you. Yeah. Beautiful. Which is very kind of atmospheric. Yeah. It's a cousin to this, I would say. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and, and then they did a bunch of albums that, you know, that there's that, I don't know what you call it. The in excess riff was dun, 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 and then dun, 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 dun and then yeah, staccato, staccato. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the same grouping of like three or four notes that they would just kind mm-hmm. of build riffs around, which is fine. They had a lot of success with it, but I'm glad they kind of, you know, took a, a left turn from that after a while. And, and They're was, a larger band than that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I always would bristle when people would say, oh yeah, that eighties band who like, who did need you tonight. It's like, yes, that fucking need a great song. But like that band could do anything. There's like the, the most bulletproof rhythm section in rock, um, the best frontman in rock, one of the best writers with Andrew, that and the writing team with Andrew and Mike. And 
the chemistry of them was beautiful. Like, yeah, like he's he's the uh, uh, sex god of all time, and it's virtually impossible to find a, a band photo of them on a magazine cover anywhere with, without the band in the photo with him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was important to him and to them that they be considered a band. It's a band, yeah. It's a band. Yeah. It's a fucking band, and you know that he was able to overcome. Well, who knows about overcome, but incredible debilitating shyness, you know, wouldn't wear contacts because he didn't want to see the audience. Uh, So like this master connector, whereas Freddie was, I am every man and I am beyond you as well. And I want to connect with you on a personal level. Hello, my name is Fred. Where do you live? You Mm -hmm. know, whereas Mike (laughs) was like, I'm connecting with you by performing for you and I just can't let you in. You know, I don't have the space for that. It seemed to me, and it was so it made him ultimately tragic, uh, but like a very compelling performer and similar to Jim Morrison, you know, Jim Morrison had, uh, had a contempt for the notion of pop performance and yet was so dramatically beautiful and incredible to look at that. Like you couldn't, you couldn't not be that way until he controlled the experiment and got heavy, you know? Yeah. Which is also compelling. But, but <laughs> so it's like the whole in excess thing is just so powerfully charged for me. And when I met Damon, like the first day of high school for me, Listen Like Thieves was about to come out two albums before this. And uh, they were at the Hollywood Palladium for two big nights in November, right before Thanksgiving, I think. And, and we went to go see that show with all, with our crew. And like, you, you know, people make friends quickly, but like we were in each other's pockets fucking immediately. And this band gave us much to talk about, you know, and I was familiar with In Excess prior to meeting you from the show MV3. Oh, uh, yeah. Richard Dave Blade. Maples, Richard Blade, course, and, yeah. that, and that gal. And I remember seeing the one thing and being like completely struck. I hadn't, I hadn't been so fascinated with the way a person looked as prior, like Bowie was the person who was like, oh my God, what's going on with that man? And then seeing that and having that reaction to Mike, like that everything that he's doing is the best. You know, I was certain of it. <laughs> and and not everybody on every corner was fucking an in excess head, even after Original Sin and and the and the success of the swing. So meeting somebody who loved him was a fucking mind blower for me. So it was thank you for that. That's what I was gonna mention is that the is that what you said a minute ago about uh kick was that it was when that came out and everybody's like, yeah, excess kick. Yeah. And, and, and they had had this, this fantastic career before that with a lot yeah. of great songs. If you listen to K rock, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and then this other song, this album came out that was frankly fucking thriller. I mean, it was <laughs> every song. There was every no, song. there was no record then that maybe, maybe the, some of the, maybe rebel yell that really yeah. it, it, it hit every quadrant. Like everybody liked that. Yeah. Everybody liked that, no matter what. And I mean, I even remember hanging out with in, at the Rainbow with heavy metal chicks, and they loved Mike and they loved In Excess, and they would say it, and it was a big deal. That was a huge deal, and it did make me mad that I'm like, no, they had this whole whole career before this. You guys don't know, you know, Original Sin, and it's the one, th- all those other songs that are great. Right. And nobody, it, it, because if they you took a kick away, they still would have had a great career, you know. For real, for real, and like, yep. and Kick was the the label hated it, and and was going to were pay, said they'd pay them a million dollars to That's put it the away. Best story it was that Doug was that guy's name Doug Morris, right? Yeah. He said, we'll "No, we're never releasing this record. No, yeah. we won't." And so they were cheeky and released a single, and then went on a college tour, right? And I know. And, and it was a success. It was fucking beautiful. It was a great fucking story. I like that movie, by the way. 
it's the VH1 fine. movie. I like it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I know for you guys, you're fans, and you, so you know all the details. It's like me watching a Kiss biography. Sure, I know, you, you but hate but it. I, I like as a you know casual fan, I like the movie. Yeah, they could have been way worse, man. It could have been way worse. You know, they they certainly are often, but like Tim was yeah. involved, and so I think took it very seriously and and gave them access. But like, yeah. it's a funny thing. Like the their their earlier sound was. You know, it was this this herky jerky kind of moments and yeah. very slinky kind of things that were happening and this big funky rhythm section, but still was sort of driving rock that they were sort of putting their toe into it. And by the time they got to listen like these, which is probably my favorite record start to finish, mm-hmm. um, is like they got red red sun and these songs that are fucking rocking. Right, yeah. like like big fat rock. At, this like, time is one of my favorite excess songs of all. Absolutely time. Yeah, great. That's probably and, my favorite. I agree. Yeah. And on the record before it, the the lesson that they learned with fucking the one song on the swing that's done with Nile Rodgers, the rest is done with I think Nick Lane. The one song is Original Sin. They just got in the studio with him. They were fans. Da 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 da. But it's a funny story. Like they met and they were already fans, and they had Nile's solo record, uh, mm. Land of the Good Groove, and on. And there's a song on it that NXS used prior to meeting Nile as a vocal warm-up for the band. So the singers in the band, you're talking about uh, Andrew, you're talking about Mike, uh, Gary, John, and and Kurt as a warm-up. And Jenny Morris, who was their backup singer, would always sing this song and la- add harmonies to it in their dressing room. And when they met Nile Rodgers, they went up to him and sang it at his face. And <laughs> they were probably head full of fucking coke, so you imagine it was huge. And the, and the, and the groove is this. Poontang, poontang. Where you want it? Slept all night with my hands on it. Give me some of that yum yum before I sleep tonight. <laughs> that's the chorus of that. I want to go on stage now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's but that's what they did. So he was like blown away. Like who knows that record? <laughs> and that was their vocal song. That was their warm up song. <laughs> it's so rad. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I guess we got some more song to listen to. Yeah, yeah, we do. A little bit. I just get caught up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know. That was the verse they cut out of Donkey so they could get That's it right. played on. That's why it wasn't a hit. <laughs> it didn't rhyme with honky or tonky, so it's not in. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> Sorry. All right, here we go. I always love that break, mm-hmm. the way the way he sings that line when he's just by yeah. himself. That's great. Yeah, really the, the big, the big fucking high tenor that he could reach too. You know, like it's so it's so meaningful. And like, in order to get across to uh, a stadium like that, to be able to get up into those higher registers, up above the PA, up above into people's like the back of their teeth, they need to feel that. You know, and. You can either fucking do that or you can't, uh, or you just try to do it with the volume of the act. Not everybody can make it happen, but like nobody did it better than him. I would submit that and put it against everybody. People love to drop him against like, as far as a performer like Jagger and Morrison, but like 
vocally, those two aren't remotely close to him. Uh, and next to that would probably be like Fred, who's like a total valid choice. <laughs> but I would take Mike as much as I love Fred. Mm. So I think we let's let's, let's hit the end of the song and, and give people what they want. <laughs> give I'm the thinking people. maybe he sound he, like the the guy I'm I'm thinking to compare him to, which which might sound weird, but it's a guy who has who could kind of flip back and forth within a song, sometimes even from one line to another, from low to high, but it sounds super pleasing to the ear in either range is, is Bowie. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, because he could get, he could control that uh, Bing Crosby thing and then yeah. get up. Yeah. And, and, and just, and with Bowie too, it's so, it's so em- emotional and dramatic, you know, he's, there's a role that's being played. And so it's dramatic as fuck, yeah. you know, and there's some, there's a lot of drama going on in this song here, but there's a weird sort of like with Bowie is, 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 is I always, you know, what I love about him and what's beautiful about him is it's very particular about like, he's giving you the pieces of the painting that he wants you to look at each one of those songs like that within excess. The impression to me was that they were the populist act. I want you to see everything about me. I want you to feel every moment of this, and there is no irony in this. There's lots of irony in David Bowie. Yeah, right. You know, he doesn't write, I love this girl, she's dynamite, I hope she loves me, my heart is breaking because she doesn't. That's not a David Bowie song, it's not a style of his. He would write romantic songs, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that what I what I love about the earnest thing, like what Phil Collins does, like that we've talked about before, the earnest factor, um, earnest goes to prison. Um, uh, is, 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 is just, is just, is just epic with them. So let's hear the end of the song. All right. There's another thing that pisses me off about him. Like there's no he doesn't have an he doesn't have an origin story of becoming a great vocalist. Everything every bi, you know biography or memoir I've ever read about these guys or anything. He just kind of like this this scrawny kid who's hanging out the rehearsal and then they put him in front of a microphone and he's doing this. I mean I, I actually listened to a few songs off their first two albums recently cuz I like some of those songs. They're very quirky, very punky. But, you know, almost like Oingo Boingo-ish kind of exactly. tempos and Very stuff. Very herky-jerky. Yeah. yeah. But he already was sang well at, at this yeah. level back then. I mean, the, the song styles were different and they weren't super melodic, but his voice was commanding even back then. Yeah, he and didn't so, have to use the big power that he had because I don't know that he knew he had it. You know, I think you've got yeah. the confidence of the band being so bulletproof yeah. on stage, you know, and professional that it allowed this thing to happen. I, it's weird that like he... He didn't. He never quote improved as a singer. He just came out of the box as this guy, and it, it annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah, that's that's Mike. <laughs> I just want to talk about fucking unicorns. I know for yeah. sure. Sweet Dickie Hutchins. That's right. It <laughs> goes in great company. <laughs>
a beautiful fucking number. So it fucking is. rad, wow. so fucking great. And it's a great record, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just thrilled that they existed and, uh, you know, uh, just beautiful. And I selfishly, it's an interesting thing because this is sort of when, when the Dalton Grant thing happened, we were a different band and, you know, our songs kind of had this mildly like stonesy kind of thing. We're trying to figure out what we were and how it was. And then gradually as time went on, we sort of followed the model of where they were at there. Like in the end, the, when, when the Dalton Grant songs were big and brassy and huge and rocking clubs, it was more like that. We were keen to have every song be like that, big and huge and building and epic. And uh, and so it was always a very meaningful sound to me because I was like, oh, gee, I, you know, this is kind of what we're up to. Not surprising that, like, luckily when I met Joey in the band, he came to play with us one night when we were just starting out, immediately found out he loved fucking John Ferris and NXS. I was like, okay, it's on. And then Joey and I were lockstep from then. I but, love the uh, band NXS. <laughs> I love the band NXS. <laughs> hey George, had you heard that particular song before? No, I was just going to tell you, you guys may hate me, but I've never heard that before. And, and what a song! And and my my I guess my layman's impression. Um, I, I feel like they're channeling you too. There, no. I heard some some uh, delayed guitars for sure. Like it's a funner version of you too, or something <laughs> like a fun. It's more fun or more not as negative or I don't know or serious. Like it's still serious, but not politically, you know, the way they are, you know? It was right. a lot like, it, it was similar to that song, particularly similar to Streets, uh, you know? Yeah, where it's, right. It's, um, it's got that yeah. build and epic and it requires Mike to do, you know, that big sort of Bono loud voice, you know? Um, right, but it doesn't sound like Bono is a little, is more in my face and demanding of me and he doesn't feel that way. It's friendlier, no, it's, it's, this, it's, this delivery. Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of what yeah. all this, the intangibles that one can't go out and buy right he mike has that like the way that david lee roth has that and to a large extent fucking bono where like you yeah. just can't they all had deficits but performing on stage was not one of them you know no, and right and, be, and being that was not one of them it was hard for bono to get out of earnest like that was a, right yeah. that's what i that's yeah. what i'm trying to say a you're big right component yeah. of his yeah. style is just earnestly telling you something that's very important for you to know I found that irritating at times. <laughs> Shortly after this record, though, is when they did Octung Baby. So, like, they were right. getting into the irony market, and getting, right. they were about to go into that direction and change their career yet again. And, and I loved them for that. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Like, that's yeah. an astonishing move by you two. It was. I've never, I've never ceased to be amazed by the fucking balls. Agreed. Nobody has the balls that you two does. Fucking no one. No band. Right. I agree. <laughs> what they do and the shit they take and the shit they put on themselves. Oh, yeah. Nobody has bigger balls than them. You could go through the list of their career and it's fucking one what after another. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And fucking huge moments. And they win, you know, most of the time, which is stunning. So, anyways, God love in excess. Please go out and buy uh, any in excess that you feel like buying. Uh, this happens to be on the album X. And uh, I love it so much, and it means so much to me, as they mean so much to me as a band, as I say, because it helped bring Damon and I together. And uh, after that trauma of your childhood, right? Yeah, after the acting yeah. school on Thirty Second Street with bag, I needed it more than ever. <laughs> Damon just came up to you and gave you a, a T-shirt that fit, and he went, "Hey, let's be friends, bro." <laughs> we did. Damon and I did meet first because of a T-shirt. Happened to be his T-shirt. He was wearing a Sting shirt. <laughs> That he had got at Music Plus, but I was like, hey, did you go to that show? And I said, get away from me. 
Get away from me. Get away from me, actor freak. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go sing an environmental song with with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? (laughs) JTT, you dig (laughs) JTT? We did it at 50, baby. Wow. We did. did. You know what? What a beautiful sorbet 450. I'm glad we popped the NXS cherry on Perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. For sure. Perfect timing. And I guess we have carried on long enough. Been through a lot. We've fucking been through a lot this show, guys. Let's not pretend. This wasn't. We've been through a lot here. Yeah. A lot of trauma. (laughs) And as we go into our 50th hour of this episode, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, guys. A fucking um, a maxi episode, yeah, fucking right. magnum, <laughs> yeah. the magnum so extra <laughs> massive, <you know? laughs> extra cut. <laughs> That's right. This is like the the extra long T-shirt of episodes. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the Gitmo Bros. Uh, number one rockers forever. For 50 years, we've been doing this. <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> Got 40 years of drumming ahead of me. <laughs> and uh, I guess we're going to sign off episode 50. But you know what comes next is episode 51. And that's uh, next time on Ear and Loathing. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Good night, everybody. Ear and Loathing. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.